Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dara here. Mr. Dustin Frazier. Wakanda forever. Yes, indeed. Tragic news over the weekend. As if 2020 isn't just a gift that keeps on giving. I just think black things are yeah, of all people. Yeah, rest in peace. Thoughts and prayers, guys. That is a that was a hard pill to swallow, and it goes to show you that in life you really never know what the hell people are going through in their private lives, except for the ones that love to tweet all damn day long. But you know, the normal ones, you don't really know. They're private the way you should be. And uh, aside from that, there's a lot more wrestling than I think there's ever been in the world, huh? This past what, two weeks, it's more than I've seen, and sometimes months. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit much, I'm not going to lie. I'm enjoying some of it, and I admire their perseverance during everything that's happened this year. But uh, you would think that, wow, somebody would need a break besides uh, Sami Zayn. Well, oh, I see what you did there. Okay. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So, there's been some interesting departures in the WWE since we've last spoken. Some big ones. Yeah, one of the ones I'm hearing is uh, Brock Lesnar's contract is up. Yeah, he is basically a, a free agent, so it's at this point he can go wherever he wants. The cons if he even gonna, wants to go anywhere. The cons are going to come running. He's not going to have to mm-hmm. go anywhere. The cons are going to come at top speed. The cons are coming running. They're going to be racing Dana White. Dana would freaking, freaking, Vince is going to be in the goofy car from freaking Wacky Races. Like It's going to be madness. Yeah, his contract expired and he's a free agent. They removed all of his merchandise. So you can no longer go to WWEshop.com. You'll get nothing with the name Brock Lesnar on it. So it is definitely not just a matter of a re-signed contract. So yeah. He's pretty much gone. And with this speculation, or at least there's word going around rather, that uh, neither side is really in a rush to sign again right now. They've had their, I guess they've had their fill of Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's had their fill of them. Yeah, and then Brock's been known usually sometimes to take just like extended breaks after Mania season. He probably makes too much money to want to be part of this uh, Thunderdome, empty arena, piped in audio fans run that we have going on. You know what I mean? He really feels like he's worth a lot more than just to be a part of this. Like, it's just like, why do all why show up when I do get make all this money just for what a bunch of screens and then they I've been realized, doing this for the past few years from millions of people and then they realized that what's the point of even going through all of that when we could just make Roman Brock Lesnar and then they did <laughs> like, Roman yeah. Brock Lesnar now see they could just cheat code their way through everything but they, uh they, now people are sending people to some more black city it's like but you know what the truth of the matter is at this point, it would almost, the economy has changed, whether we like it or not. Even if everything goes back to normal as far as uh, the world, the economy as we know it will forever be different. Things, The prices of certain things are much lower, and the prices of other things are much higher, and it might just always be that way from now on, unfortunately. Something this catastrophic isn't going to not have a shift in the economy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, in the way certain things, certain things have gone up in value. So... With that being said, when you look at Brock Lesnar in the past, and we talked about this a little in the chat room during one of the pay-per-views, uh, to run a Raw was a couple million dollars, you know? And uh, when you look at that Amway 
center that they have, the Thunderdome, if you will. Apparently, they're being charged $12,500 for Sunday events, $10,000 for Monday and Friday events, and seven point five for any days that they work inside of there. That means that for practically nothing, literally, we're talking $200,000. They're, like, they're, they're making practically, from what is being reported here, 200000 just to rent the place. But compared to the millions that it used to cost per raw. Think about that for a moment. And we know Brock Lesnar costs millions. So now it's in the oh, new yeah. economy. And with them running that Thunderdome, which they're saving a lot of money with, why would they pay a wrestler that it's going to cost like, he? it would be like buying six Thunderdomes. You know what I mean? <laughs> to pay Brock Lesnar. Even though in the old world, a year ago, we would look at it as much less money. In the new world where people are like, you know, trying to keep resources and shit, him right now is like six Thunderdomes. Why would you do it? There's no real reason. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy when you really think about it. Yeah. Now, here's the question. Let's say he doesn't just stay home, enjoy life with his family. Where do you think he goes? I like, don't think like, that let's, he... let, like, let's say it's out of everybody else's hands and it's literally solely up to Brock. Where does he go? Either nowhere or UFC. Those are the only two options. You literally read my mind because I don't know if you've heard a certain former champion we know has moved up to heavyweight. Who would that be? John Jones. Yeah, I had a feeling it would be, but I don't know. Remember yeah, that? And Lesnar told him, be careful what you wish for, young man. Yeah, and <laughs> and if Dana gets the opportunity to sign Brock Lesnar versus John Jones, he won't hesitate. Yeah, that would be cool. Because I know automatically people, the marks only, and I hate to say it because I know no one likes to be called the mark nowadays, but the marks, I think, are the only ones who would even think that he would wind up like an AEW. And AEW, as much as people like it and they're high in it and everything, and a lot of indie wrestlers go there and some of your biggest stars are there, there's a kind of star that I have yet to see there. No disrespect to anybody. But uh, Brock fits into that category of people who still don't see aew as big game yeah what i mean by that is you're not going to see the brock you're not going to see brock lesnar there. you're not going to see the rock there you know there's a certain level that like they're not they're like you're a certain level of superstar you're not going to see show up there right none of and brock fits that category yeah like they they're going to stick to wwe money and it would be weird if the cons would even be willing to pay that like it doesn't you don't want to dilute the image that AEW is trying to present so much. Yeah. And Stacey also makes a good point. Even without the star power, just somebody like Brock just wouldn't go there. I mean, it would do wonders for them just because he, he does have yeah. a following, but I kind of feel like it's just not what they need or what he would need. The, the, it wouldn't fit. Nothing about it would fit. Yeah. And, and that's part of the problem that that company goes through. Not to go too much into AEW yet, but they seem to keep trying to put squares into, into round pegs. <laughs> you know, it's just like the things that worked when it started worked. And then it's just like we keep adding and adding and adding and adding like all this different stuff. And I've seen this formula before. It doesn't work. And you, know, you just wind up with too much stuff and then no one cares. So, but yeah, yeah as far as Brock goes, I don't see him going anywhere like that. Uh, he's he's going to yeah. be gone. They're going to be paying for their cheap-ass Thunderdome because that's the thing that they love the most right now, the Thunderdome. Yeah, because you know? they say it's 72 and three-quarters times every episode. So. Yeah, good old WWE. They're here at the WWE Thunderdome. I love when they say the whole thing. You ever notice that shit? 
They don't just yeah. say Thunderdome. They always have to put in WWE Thunderdome so they know it's yours. They could have just had a better name. Yeah. It's not You could have just not even, re- you didn't even really need a name. Just call it the regular name of the building. Yeah. So, yeah, the way it, it pans out is they're paying uh, Raw and SmackDown 10000 to be there. There's 12500 12, for the pay-per-views. And then there's uh, 7500 um to work in the building, I guess, at any other point. And then they pay 2500 to have nobody else there. So it's still so much less than a Raw, probably less than a Superstars, if that still existed. I guess that's main event now, probably. Uh, yeah, that's main event. event. You know, it's it's so cheap. And they have it for 78 days, whereas of this writing to 78 days, so until October 31st. And, uh, yeah. Do we know if they're going to keep it past then? Like, try to, like, maybe might, renew for more but time? you notice they don't even call it the Amway. It's pointed out that they call it the Thunderdome whenever they mention it. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's the way that it is. There might be a couple of reasons for that. I kind of feel like when it comes to a company like WWE, if push comes to shove and this relationship ever goes south, then they would just take their fucking Thunderdome and go somewhere else. And that way in the new thing, they wouldn't have, they'd just be like, we're at the Thunderdome. Like no matter yeah, what you like, you know? <laughs> if you don't know any of the inside stuff, you realistically don't even notice. Yeah, it's just the Thunderdome again. So I kind of feel like if it's a, a bigger arena, all oh, the newly updated Thunderdome. Yeah. And they never say what location they're coming to you from, which is smart business. Because it it comes off with more flavor than to remind people that you're coming to them from the same location. Yeah, and, um, TNA used to do that way back then with uh, the Impact Zone. Yeah, and boy, did they you, give it that if, Impact Zone. You didn't zone. know where that place was, or, or even further back, the Asylum. They were at that Impact Zone for so many years that I feel like I've been to Florida many times. Like that yeah. Impact Zone, man, I feel like it has memories. You like, know, like for the impact zone that was florida if you were way back at the asylum nashville like i feel like i've been to nashville tennessee and florida and realistically i've only ever been to florida and just driven through it for disney world but like and now full sales becoming that way where like we've been to full sale so much and now the performance yeah. center you just feel like you live at these damn places as a wrestling fan because you see them every day so i forget and it kind of sucks, you know, having to do this every week because I I forget and I would continue to forget that it's the Amway Center if it wasn't for us reporting this. Because I'm just kind of thinking of it as the Thunderdome. You know, I'm just watching. That's I don't really care like, about I think I think mm-hmm. since before it first showed up, when we first started talking about it, that was the first time I actually remember it was the Amway Center. Yeah. So they do a good job with the marketing of it. My couple of, of gripes, because we're going to talk more detail about the, the Thunderdome and even some of the technical issues that they had and problems. But uh, is it just me? with this opinion but but i feel that it would make more sense if the the little screens were smaller even if we made the screens like half the size because when i did watch raw and smackdown no one's head was that big no one was in big head mode you know so i just kind of feel like you couldn't really make people out unless they were in the front so there needs to be some sort of a formula i feel like the thunderdome this is like 1.0 they need like a 2.0 this isn't quite adjusted giant heads like that are not giving me that crowd feeling Maybe the ones on the front, because from what I'm hearing, thanks to the issues that we're going to get into, a lot of the more known regulars that they have are going to start being pushed to the front and the ones they're not sure of will be toward the back. Maybe as you go towards the front, the people are bigger because visually the people who are towards the front, you would see clearer. But then if you go to the back, you use smaller screens and you give that real effect of a, of an actual crowd. That would be good. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I think that there's too many big fucking square heads. 
You know what I mean? Where it's just kind of like there's no it, way. Like, it, it doesn't need to be like the games where everybody's basically the same size. Yeah, like there's all these giant heads. Like I never saw people's faces that clearly before when they were the crowd. I'd have to look out into the crowd unless they were in the front. If you want to create that effect with the Thunderdome, just from a creative standpoint, I'm saying let the ones in the front be a little bit larger and then just downscale it towards the back. There's like flying heads everywhere. Especially when Kevin Dunn goes for his like wide crowd shots. Yeah, and it's just like you see the cyber like, like the heads in the, the back are shit, massive. You know? It's like whoa. You expect to see the architect appear. <laughs> you know? Damn. It's just one of those things where it's just like they need to just chill with the the size of those heads. I give me an impression of the uh of just the atmosphere where I'm having a look at people's faces. You know what I mean? I don't need to see their five o'clock shadows. <laughs> I don't need to see that alleged cold sore. Yeah. And we know there's no there's no secret here. I don't know how much we talked about it throughout the week, but obviously there's been some complications. There's been a, <laughs> there, was a yeah. there was a Chris Benoit appearance as a face in the Thunderdome, which uh yeah, not good. There was a guy dressed as a KKK person, apparently, from what I heard. I didn't catch that one. I, yeah, caught the something like, oh, I guess uh, I don't know if you aired something from a rally or something. Apparently one that I think it's only been mentioned briefly, like some of those like freaking uh, live stream murder websites. Somebody threw one of theirs on their screen. Yeah, real nice. It's like, what the fuck? WW put this abhorrent behavior does not reflect WW's values. And we have zero tolerance for these unacceptable acts. We are working to ban those involved in future events and per our policies. Any inappropriate actions result in removal from the live stream. You should take it a step further. How come people are always not using their power when they're supposed to. How about we get all of the information together? You should have the technology for that. Who was it? Exactly. First name, last name, all that shit. And uh, ban them from everything. Not just the virtual events. Don't let them come back to Raw. Don't let them buy tickets to Raw. Don't let them even have a thing, a subscription to the WWE Network where if it's their first and last name, they got to go and get it through a buddy or whatever. You know what I mean? Like really strip them down to the bare minimum. That's what you should do yeah. when someone does something like that. You know, because they're assholes for that. Like, it's these guys are going out of their way, whether we like things from a creative standpoint about the way the Thunderdome is designed or whether the name of it, however they go about it. The point is, these guys are going out of their way to use resources to try to make something happen in a positive manner. And people have so little to do that all they can do is come up with dumb shit to try to ruin something that's being tried. There's a reason why people in business are so reluctant to try new things, because somehow there are always people that have to fuck it up for everyone. That really gets on my nerves, you know. It's it's like that's the, the stuff that I'm talking about that pisses me off in the world. Unprovoked negative actions towards others. And it's not like and it's like what for like two seconds for somebody probably only in your friends list because they have because they have that low of standards of comedy to laugh for like three seconds at something that's not even funny. And Destin yeah. and I, for anyone who's been on here besides for the wrestling, if you've been on here for the game streams and stuff, Destin and I have had to deal with that, like on the other streams where there's a little bit more freedom to oh, the chat yeah. room than the wrestling. Like people can participate in the game. We've had to deal with people who have come in and uh, try to put derogatory stuff on the, on the screen and we've had to ban it and edit it because uh, people can be assholes that way. So I understand the kind that you get when you run streaming. That, that's pretty much it comes to the territory, which is why we're quick on the yeah. trigger. With the wrestling community, it's a different breed i guess and we know everybody more or less here but uh on those other days there are wild cards that have happened and uh oh, we don't yeah. really glorify it or talk about it or showcase it we just kind of scrub it off because we're not going to really give it to the satisfaction of attention but we've had people coming on some crazy racist stuff during uh party game zones or, or other things and just for no reason other than to be a troll to just put something up 
that just is negative that would hurt others. And that's what I mean by unprovoked negative actions. We spend so much time, or at least society does nowadays, I know our community doesn't, on Twitter, basically ridiculing people for their opinion with the cancel culture and everything. But we don't really target enough when people have acts of unprovoked negative actions. There's a crime wave right now, you know. Literally, if you look on the news, especially over on my neck of the woods, over in New York, you're hearing all the time that people are randomly. I seen this crazy shit uh, earlier today where like this dude was walking across the street and a guy just ran up behind him with a bottle and just bashed him over the head and then just kept bashing him over the head. I'll link you. I won't put it in for the show. If anyone wants to have DM me, I'll drop you the link or I'm sure you could look it up. But I just remember thinking that's fucked up. And there's been a few things like I seen this, uh, this one guy who he just grabbed this woman who was waiting for the bus uh, and just started punching her until she went into a coma. These are things in like the last 48 hours I've seen just in my neck of the woods. Uh, and it's becoming that way because of the fact that we, we're, we're coming out of like a negative time in history as well as, uh, right now the police, realistically speaking, in a lot of ways, thanks to what's going on, have their hands tied. It doesn't help that everybody can wear a fucking mask. So things are starting to look a lot like they did in the eighties in a lot of areas. I'm seeing it. You could look it up. The news is there, man. You know, if you look, look at the stuff that's happened recently, you know, people are just randomly throwing each other onto the tracks and just like seeing a few times people just slice someone from ear to fucking chin recently, randomly. I'm talking unprovoked, not that, Hey, motherfucker, they had any worth. I'm talking people literally looking like they lost their damn mind, like they just randomly were possessed by the devil and just attacked an unprovoked person. They had no idea. And this is something that's happening and it's happening rapidly. And, uh, yeah, it's freaking crazy. And it's, it's, it's a result of just the psychological damage that's been done to society as a whole in 2020. If I had to give my thesis, that doesn't mean that I'm correct. I'm not a damn psychiatrist, but the point that I'm making, I digress, is that that to me, unprovoked actions, which obviously being on the damn screen like that and putting up racist stuff, that's not as unprovoked as the things that I've just mentioned to you. But the point being that overall, the world and the cancel culture is so busy worried about who supports who politically and who thinks what scientifically that they're pretty much allowing the shit like that to slip through the cracks, which those are negative actions towards someone. And again, negative actions, unprovoked. It's not because you had an opinion or anything. They just fucking wanted to fuck something up. And I can't stand that. That to me is like the most shitty people in the world when you literally just live to mess up other people's stuff. So even if it's the WWE, you don't like the product, whatever, turn the shit off, don't watch. But to go on there and put things up there that are just offensive to not only it's disrespectful to them, but it's disrespectful to us, other viewers. I don't want to see that shit. Why in the world would I want to see a KKK guy on my screen? You know what I mean? Like, that's not right. what it's there for. Like, why the fuck would I want that there? Why would I want to see Chris Benoit? It doesn't offend me as much. I mean, it's it's a dark topic, though. And if I'm watching something like wrestling and I want to pay attention, I don't need distractions. From any way that you look at it, it just pisses me off that it's like, why mess with somebody's stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, there was one reason where uh, somebody had a thing of, like, Kenny Omega show up. It's like, who, like, and the sad, I, the Kenny Omega one bothered me because it's like, I can't even give this person the credit of thinking, oh, I'm just make them think Kenny Omega show up. That motherfucker probably put that up there really thinking, okay, people are going to really think Kenny Omega showed up, and then everybody's going to think he's dropping the tag title and coming to WWE. Yeah, no. But like, Kenny Omega tweeted, and he said, I was just trying to have a good time. I honestly didn't think anyone would notice. I was thinking about it. Like, when it happened, it was just like, yeah, he legit went along with the work, huh? Kenny Omega yeah. at the Thunderdome. See, whoever that person is, 
I would advise you thank Kenny Omega because let's be real, they saved your bit because it tanked before that. <laughs> and I admit, okay, that one's a little bit less harmful. That's kind yeah. of funny. Just the site right now that I'm looking at on a screen of Kenny Omega just sitting there watching SmackDown on the Thunderdome is, is awesome. But you see, that's the problem. We can't even have fun shit like that because someone's going to always take the joke too far. And they did when they started putting racist stuff up there that has no business anywhere visually, let alone on a show that's just a just to chill and watch you know so that really gets on my nerves so i think that WWE should stop with this we're working on it shit and find out who the motherfuckers were and punish them to the utmost uh levels that you can right. I, what happened to the whole fcc regulations and the charges and the fines and all of that how come that didn't happen like i i have no idea like literally that's my first step before the network and everything how, how much how, how much we run for that like yeah you know get rid of those guys but yeah, that's that's some of the issues that they're going through with the uh with the Thunderdome. The other thing being uh that they're going to be making changes, you know. So, like I said before, I'm hearing that they're going to be bringing the lower people, the people they trusted are there regularly while screwing around, will be bringing those screens lower and then the, as you get higher, it'll be people that they don't really know out of the shots. And again, going back to what I said at the beginning of this, you can also make the screens going higher, smaller since the people should appear smaller or just something to 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 level it out. But completely unacceptable whoever the hell thought it would be cool to put that there it it really it's crazy how and i don't want to spend too much time on it maybe not because of you guys because i want to get the fuck out of here but it's crazy how desensitized uh people younger than uh our generations are to just being assholes like they don't need to be provoked into it which is the craziest thing in my time you had to clap back and that's the way that it worked you know, you can just go up to people and just start flinging shit like a monkey. <laughs> right? Right? You know what I mean? Like, just out of nowhere. Like, what is the provocation that leads you to a KKK suit on the damn thing? So, yeah, fix that Thunderdome, guys. How come there's not a delay to it? Can someone explain that shit to me? Everything else has a bit of a delay. There's no way we can have a delay to that. I don't even... I... <sighs> I'm also hearing that what they do in order to, um, they do pipe in crowd sounds, but they have the options there to unmute people. Like they're all muted, but they can bring people into it. Like they can bring certain sounds. So they're probably mixing it up. They don't want to have anything derogatory, but they, they do have the sounds that have the general crowd sound, but they can bring in the audio of the people on the screens. At least this is what's being reported. So how have you been enjoying the Thunderdome so far? I mean, definitely all the, uh, attention seekers aside i think i'm finally used to it i think yeah it took it took a little bit of time but i love the f- i love having the pyro back um i have i find it interesting some of their choices when it comes to when the set pyro off for certain people but i don't hate it like it's fine yeah um it definitely is the closest i felt when it comes to like visual appearance to everything before the pandemic right i'm right there with even you. even even where i said before when we first talked about it i love that the stage literally looks like a miniature version of when they were they would bring shows on the road yeah and i will say this and it's not taking anything away from the thunderdome but we're going to get into it later on but the last episode of dynamite had fans I don't want to get too far ahead yeah. of the story, but it had fans. Like legit fans. At a quarter of the amount that it could have for social distancing purposes. But you know what, man? That quarter of a distance 
quarter of a of a of a distance of fans made way more of an impact than uh the whole Thunderdome. It felt nothing beats it, good old fans, honestly. I mean, we'll get into it, but visually, you could see certain people, like especially Jericho, ecstatic. Yeah. It looked good. It did it did look really good. And yeah, Jericho Everybody had a different type of energy. Yeah, and Jericho was happy because once again there were people there for uh for Judas. Yeah. Know? Like he he looked he, he came out to that ramp and literally the whole heel persona went away. It was like genuinely happy that these people get to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really good. Which cool. you which you know it's a good thing when it's like they can't even they can't even hide it at that point. Yeah, for sure. Here we go. Well, just when we thought it was safe. Yeah, here we go. See, just the small little group, it makes such a big difference. What the ratings got? Yeah, you can you can better believe he's going to upstage our first match in the ring. Just about set to go. Here he is, the demo god. How's he looking on jacket? <laughs> Great night, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you're having a good night. We're going to entertain you tonight. We got our fans here tonight, many of them. Look at that cheese like a cheese. sorry cat. Look at that. Social distancing. That's awesome. It's such a cool intro. Oh, it's a great night. It's the best intro to ever had. Good timing with the pyro, also. Yeah, they're all that part. I love the pyro. The pyro comes right when the guitars rev up. You know? Yeah, I didn't know. Like his link, his link up with his music better than everybody else. But yeah, see the scene, the fans, man, it feels good. It felt genuine too. Yeah, you're not sitting there thinking, okay, who in the roster is this and that, and it's just like, okay, random people. Guevara, and the first man that throws a punter through a table is going to win that match. Oh God, I missed that. What have we become, ladies and gentlemen? I don't know. There he is, ladies and gentlemen. One of I'm, our favorites you here. See what I mean? That Thunderdome can't do that, man. I heard it, baby. Yeah. You know? Chanting my name. We're back. You heard me. <laughs> Thunderdome can't do that shit. You know? I had goosebumps during that shit the first time. <laughs> the sound. <laughs> oh yeah, the the so sound good, of right? the people was amazing. Yeah, that was. I'm I'm glad. Good for them to be the first ones to uh to bring people back. Yeah. You know, again, I like, I'm not just taking nothing away from WWE. They have their way of doing things and I don't have anything against aside from the negativity that's been brought upon them from it. But, uh, that just felt good. Like when I remember when I saw Dynamite, I was like, yeah, man, yeah. good. The, the Thunderdome is unique, but there's something about live, real people. You can't touch that. Exactly. So, really happy on both ends. We will be getting more into, uh, the AEW stuff as we go through this. Oh yeah. So uh another person that has departed WWE is Mauro Ranallo. Yep. Mauro was part of the NXT roster and he was quietly removed recently. Uh they didn't mention his departure, they just suddenly had Wade Barrett there. And it was like not just special guest Wade Barrett. It's like by the time Wade Barrett was on television, he was already back on the website and on the NXT roster. Like Wade Barrett's there, there. So I don't know yeah. if he was going to be there no matter what or if it was a contingency, but whatever the case may be, Wade Barrett is, uh, I guess the new commentator. That's straight out of left field, right? Yeah. I don't, if you, if you had told me somebody else was coming in for commentary, that'd been the last name I thought. 
Yeah, definitely strange. Sorry, I was retweeting out our stuff there. But yeah, now Morrow, Morrow seems to be gone. There's no information to regards to what's happening with him. He just was quoted. He released a tweet where he said, I appreciate the opportunity. I had to realize my childhood dream of working in sports entertainment, and I wish WWE well in the future. Now I want to direct my focus and devote my time to other projects and to my mental health, charitable activities, and the well-being of my mother and myself. So he's gone. Yeah. yeah. Mama Mia, he's gone. What what are your thoughts on him being gone? It's gonna be it's gonna take a little getting used to. Because he's been with NXT so long. It's just the easiest way I could describe it is, at least for me, it's like the first time I tuned into the WWE and I hadn't heard JR. It's something about that specific voice hearing it with certain shows where I literally like every time I hear one, I instantly think of the other. I didn't. I, I definitely didn't have a problem with uh, weight on commentary this week, but it's just it's gonna take a little getting used to. It's definitely gonna be a little bit of an adjustment because there were certain moments that for me in NXT, they felt as big as they were because of Morrow being there. That's cool, man. I think you were more into him than I was because I like Morrow. Don't get me wrong, and I think yeah. he did a really good job. But I just think I reached a point where I was just over it. And it was nothing about his commentary. I just find the commentary bubble in WWE in general very uh, unnatural and scripted no matter who it is. Yeah. And although he may have a certain personality he brings to it, it still felt very WWE-esque to the point where I just kind of toned him out. And it's all white noise to me. Yeah. is the best way that I can describe it to you. Yeah, so, I know you felt that way with commentary for a while. So yeah, I'm definitely... I definitely know exactly where you're coming from. And Morrow may have added a little bit of flavor to it. But ultimately, it wasn't uh, it wasn't much. You know, like towards the end here, I just feel like there were just too many things weighing against the product itself to really care who was on commentary. So I didn't really feel like it even impacted me that much. I honestly didn't even notice Wade Barrett until halfway through the show. And it was like, oh, Wade. <laughs> <laughs> <You know>? Boom. <laughs> so, but yeah, I guess Morrow... We'll see him down the road. Maybe he'll still want to think he'll still call boxing and other stuff, right? Yeah. That's what I would like to think. Yeah. I mean, because I think it's also with Morrow, the fact that I've watched him for so long, even outside of uh, the WWE. Like, I remember when he was still doing commentary for Pride in Japan. And when uh, New Japan first came to Access, they had him on commentary. So that I followed him almost all over the place. So. I think that's the main reason he's one of the ones. In fact, when it comes to commentary, he's the only one I usually ever pay attention to. That and Nigel sometimes. But yeah, be uh, interested to see what's next for him, though. Yeah, for sure. Don't forget, guys, coming up tonight, we will be going over all of the AEW uh, upcoming All Out 2020 pay-per-view card. Which, by the way, AEW, you really got to get it together with the site. Like, holy shit. Um, I It's very unprofessional, and I'm not even trying to badmouth them, but... When I when it's, when it's time for a WWE pay-per-view, if I want to look at the card, I can go into their site and at least click for the main pay-per-views and the card with the photos of everyone's right there. AEW releases their information via Twitter. So when you go to the page that's supposed to have the card for this week, it's just a white page, you know, like literally with nothing on it. Yeah. I had to go through their social media, literally like a couple of weeks worth of timeline and find what the card is since they announced these on the fly and then don't list them anywhere. So... Honestly, our poll tonight is the most coherent list that you're going to get. <laughs> so go figure. 
But speaking of AEW, apparently they have been a big part of the PWI 500 list that was released. Huh? Pro Wrestling Illustrated did their annual PWI 500, where you get to see who the top wrestlers are. Um, we have the top 25 here, which are Walter, Kento Miyahara, Alistair Black, MJF, Will Ospreay, Jacob Fatu, Braun Strowman, Rouge, Kota Ibushi, Bray Wyatt, Nick Aldis, Roman Reigns, Kenny Omega, Brock Lesnar, Keith Lee, AJ Styles, Kofi Kingston, Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes, Kazuchiko Okada, Tatsuya Naito, and then rounding, rounding up the final four, number four is Drew McIntyre, number three is Chris Jericho, number two is Adam Cole, and number one is John Moxley. What are your thoughts on this list? I mean, definitely a lot of familiar names up there. That's for sure. I can't remember the last time I've seen a top, a top, the, the top. What was it? Twenty five. Yeah, it was the top for yeah. PWI five hundred, but we we went over yeah. the top twenty five. Yeah, I, you know, you usually the, the, the top twenty five is usually where a lot of people focus on nowadays. But yeah, I mean, I can't remember. I can't remember the last time I haven't seen some of those names. The Moxley one, I didn't expect. And why is that? I think it's only because with, um, I mean, definitely, definitely deserved. I mean, the guy's been busting his ass for the past some odd months only because when I looked at like him and then Adam Cole, whereas like I look at the year Adam Cole's had where he was basically champion. He's been champion almost 90% of the time he's been in NXT. And then the Moxley showing up in AEW was basically a complete 180 for his career from where he'd been. So I'm kind of like I could have seen it going either way, but if I would have, but if I would have seen that top two, if you ask me nine times out of ten, nine times I probably say I would have seen that get flipped around, where it's Adam Cole and then Moxley. I'm a big John Moxley fan, but I wouldn't even put him in the top ten, and it's not anything against Moxley as a wrestler. This is the top twenty-five of the year 2020. Moxley, if there was any year I wouldn't put Moxley in this, it would probably be this year. And even though he's been the AEW champion, to be honest, that really hasn't meant much to me. All my memories of him from this year aren't really these great, crazy matches. It's him coming through the crowd with the title. The fucking intro most of the time is longer than whatever it is he's going to do. I'm sitting here waiting for a fucking promo. You know, so it's like nothing against him. But like the guy, uh, he just hasn't had much of an impression uh since he's been here you know like i haven't really seen anything with him that's made him stand out as the champion and it's it'll be a shame we'll get into when we do the polls but it'll be a shame if this upcoming saturday on the pay-per-view uh that's it for the run and now we got mjf as the world champion which is very possible because i couldn't think of a more obnoxious annoying fucking person to give it to which is exactly what you need in the heel in a company like that oh yeah so uh you know Moxley's in a strange spot there. Adam Cole, I'm looking at this list again. So you got Adam Cole as number two. Let's say Moxley wasn't number one. Is Adam Cole number two compared to everybody else here? Uh, MJF hasn't, doesn't even wrestle that much for him to be on this list, first of all. Um, Jacob Fatu, that's a good question, King Quest. Do they mean the Uso's brother? Who the fuck is Jacob Fatu? Which one's that? Mm-hmm. Call him by their gimmick name. Um, uh, Braun Strowman shouldn't be on here. Am I putting uh, Adam Cole 
I feel like when I look at the year he's had. If, you, if you're looking at the year, then yeah, I guess it would be yeah. Adam Cole. But you know what, man? I would almost still, even though he's been annoying me for a month now, I would put Jericho almost above Adam Cole. Like, I feel like Jericho had yeah, a bigger, better year. I feel like year. I could see Jericho going above, especially with how long Jericho's been around, and he's still coming up with new stuff like this. That would, yeah, I could, I could see that giving him a edge over Cole. And almost Naito as well. Like, Naito's had one hell of a year. Spoiler, yeah, Ni- Naito get into this. literally hit the pinnacle of his career. Well, he's yeah. been busting his ass for years. Yeah, spoiler, we were going to get to later. But yeah, Naito beat the Bullet Club. He got back both titles and he beat Evil. You know, and he's on the top of the world again. You know, and there's he has a little single Renovelist by his side and so on. That that all turned out really cool. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's another guy. Would I put Naito below... I mean, Adam Cole's a, a valid thing. Cody Rhodes, no, yeah. not for 2020. Cody Rhodes, a, a lot of people got nerfed when they went to AEW from what they were doing in Ring of Honor in New Japan. Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega are two guys that haven't really ever been the same. I don't know what happened. I can't even put my finger on it, but neither one of those guys has been the person. Like, I can't believe that they're the guys that fought Okada, you know? They just don't, like, yeah. Kenny Omega hasn't come off like that guy that could do that kind of match anymore. And I get it. I keep hearing that he wants to pull other people in from the background, but. I think the main show is not the place to do that. And it's like a paradox because Dark becomes a really bad place to do it, too. There's just too much green talent everywhere. But, yeah, I think those are the top five that we just discussed here. Adam Cole, Chris Jericho, Tetsuya Naito, uh, Okada. I guess we have four, really. Yeah, at that point, I mean... AJ Styles, probably? Yeah, I would say, I mean, even when he's not winning championships, AJ has, AJ really does never have a bad year. Keith Lee, probably, someone like that. Yeah, yeah, Keith Lee, because Keith Lee's been nuclear over for the past, uh, like, pretty much year. I don't know where he went to after NXT, but yeah. It feels like this list is a little markish. I don't know really how exactly much about. I, I, I wonder what I want. I, I I would like you know I would like to see what the people what, what they're like going on when it comes yeah. to some of these some of the choices. Yeah, a little too much markishness. I don't want to get heat, but you know. Let's be real. We don't ever give a shit. Give a shit about heat here. I'm too old for heat. <laughs> <laughs> Writing it down. I'm getting. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too old for heat. You know? Getting tired. I mean, but yeah, definitely. Like it's a, like I said, they have more there with you. Definitely nothing against Mox. I mean, like I said, dude's turned around from almost talking about pooper scoopers on freaking TV. But we had Adam Cole, who was champion for over a year, and damn near killing himself every other defense. They just like, I, they did what I told you guys they were going to do when he first came. They redid his Ring of Honor run as an NXT run. They literally, as soon as I called it, I actually yeah. said that they're going to copy <laughs> the Ring of Honor run that he had there and just do it here. And they did it. So good for them. Smart move. That was a guy that, that should have had that run. So uh, our buddy, remember him? Which one? Because apparently we got a lot of buddies on this fucking show. The Performance Center. Oh, it's creepy Charlie. Okay. Yeah. Just on an update on him real quick. He was denied bail after his June 22nd arrest. And uh, this was after he got bailed out June 5th, but then wound up getting arrested again. You remember when we had it here? Yeah. Because his uh, poop is green up in Vince McMahon. So he's going to have a pre-trial hearing on November 18th, and then he'll go to trial November 30th. But the fact that he was denied bail means that pretty much now, which as of about half an hour ago, it's uh, September 1st, 
he's going to be in jail. Like, he's spending uh, Thanksgiving in there. Oh, yeah. I mean, he'll be eating turkey with Bubba D Block. Yeah, he really is. Getting stuffed. Oh, yeah, man. it got real. Mm-hmm. Like, he, um, uh, good times with him, though. I got to admit, like, nothing beat that last time we put him on him. He ran from yeah. the cops on camera. I totally didn't see that coming. I had no idea. I love capturing clips of stuff and not reviewing it because I didn't know what I was going. I couldn't believe he ran from the cops on street. <laughs> That's the best way to do it now. Just. Oh, that was one moment. But yeah, he'll be in jail and then the trial will happen November 30th. You got to be careful. You see what I mean? Finally, now he's getting the book thrown at him because that's a long time to be in there. Oh, yeah. You know, jail's rough, man. Remember what happened in uh, <laughs> in Half-Baked with, when, uh, oh. when Dave Chappelle Yo, asked When Kenny, you said remember what happened, I got scared of where you were going to no, go. No. I was like, I've seen too many movies where people have gone to jail. Remember, that's one of my favorite moments in Havoc when Dave Chappelle asked Kenny, he was like, um, you know, how long do you think you'll be able to survive in there, man? We're going to try to get you up. And he was like, five, six, thirty. <laughs> <laughs> and you saw Chappelle corpse a little and he was like, come on, man, you got to be able to stay in there a little longer than that. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God rough time for that guy. See, don't mess with people. This is what I'm talking about. Another person is doing crazy shit. Another fucking stalker. At least he made us laugh, though. Yeah, at least he was a comedic stalker. But I mean, it wasn't comedic enough that he didn't get his ass shot. You know, <laughs> that was kind of still funny, <laughs> was, you know. still some seriousness. That was real. That was kind of funny, though. That was, that was kind of funny. I'm not going to act like, what, this is a weird kind of thing he got shot. Took his game? <laughs> this is a new world. People, white people get shot comedically now. That's your, that is your fate. <laughs> <laughs> that's the reduction i can't write that down i can't do it no you cannot <laughs> you, know how, you know the heat we will get if we see episode what is this 403 white people get shot comedically we protest for everybody else we'll laugh at your white asses and i'm kidding that's totally a joke you know wow. that you know wow my significant other's white you guys know i kid <laughs> you pulled that card <laughs> He pulled the I have a black friend card, but he remixed the bicycle. He pulled the white party. card. <laughs> oh my god. Holy shit. It's satire, folks. I know someone now have heat on Twitter. You know what he said? And he meant it. He meant it. She's white. She's blonde. I'm okay. Another derogatory. Like, no. Just saying the irony of the white man getting shot and us laughing at it. That's all. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Right? There was no good way out of that. The best there was part. no good. There was no exit. Was no Tank, I need an exit that. now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was, that was like when you're playing like Call or something, you play Capture the Fag and you know you're getting shot before you get to the flag. So it's just like, all right, cool, let's do this. <laughs> oh, man. Or because it's a stupid stalker. You know, it is so bad. I could. Hell, you were trying to just pick one door after the other, looking for the best way out. And I can hear the moment you realize, yep, no good way out of There's this. There's no good way out of it. I don't care. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> She's my girlfriend. I'm not a predator. Oh, my God. Anyway, in a more serious matter, let's talk about Sonya Deville, who has been going through quite the difficult ordeal lately. Oh, you poor girl. Yeah, tell me about it. More details have happened in regards to her. Uh, apparently... There are there have been other people who have contacted her saying stuff like, I'll finish the job that that this guy started and my knife is sharper than his. So other people, you got copycat stalkers. I've heard of copycat killers, but now, unfortunately, we have copycat stalkers. 
once again, really, people? And it's just that little three seconds of battery. It sucks that she didn't really do anything to deserve that. She, she hasn't done a single thing to deserve any of this shit. Yeah. Leave that girl be. Yeah, All right. Ringside reported that the Hillsborough County Court denied a motion that the local Florida media put in to have evidence released to the public, which includes video footage and messages that were sent to her through social media. And they decided that they will not allow any evidence to be released to the media prior to the hearing. So we're not going to have as much information either. That means but they, they're trying to just seal things away like her address and just other shit. I mean, because of the fact that there are people out there threatening to finish the job that the first lunatic did. I mean, talking about like screaming and shit. You see people get fucking like swatted and shit like this all the fucking time. Like, yeah, you can't put people's address out there like that. Yeah. Really ridiculous. Apparently, uh, there's two things going on. We're hearing that DeVille was going to be in some sort of a movie role, so they weren't going to shave her bald, but they were going to be shaving her hair short for that movie role. But then the other thing is that when it became the Loser Leaves WWE match, uh, somehow the, the decision was switched for it to be that Sonya wins that match, which she had to argue for it or indicate to them that that doesn't make any sense. And it's bad when you have to tell them that that doesn't make any sense, because you know what? That doesn't make any sense. Why does she have to say okay. it? How come you didn't know that that didn't make sense? Did you remember how we got here and what we're trying to do? Like, what do you have fucking amnesia? Like in the, in the middle of the writer's room is like the whole point of this is to write her off of television. How in the world do you wind up with the opposite person written off of television? <laughs> you see what I mean about them? Sometimes I got to believe it's bullshit when I hear things like that. Oh, I refuse. <laughs> They've done too much for me to believe it at that point. Give me a headache is what they do. So if you eat CW, you'll hear releasing like ice cream bars and cookie sandwiches and shit. They need to release aspirin. Yeah, that's what you need. For, for when our aspirin. fucking drives you up the fucking wall. WWE aspirin with two S's. <laughs> <laughs> Have some of our aspirin. I'd buy it. <laughs> you have sold me. Oh, Holy Christ. They are definitely a problem, you know. Yeah, definitely. You know who it's time to call then, right? Who? The problem solver, Tyson Tomko. No, oh, no, don't you dare! I didn't know where you were going. Like that. <laughs> I know. When that popped into my head, I was like, "There's no way you'll see this coming." Ah, oh, it's so fucking ridiculous. Oh Jesus. Remember the time so it's like just my, my, my detour. Remember the time he came back and TNA was really fat? Yes, I do. <gasps> of all the things to carry over. You know what I'm saying? And he didn't even he, like he picked that up along the way. Like he, he took a detour and picked up that fat. Unbelievable. But yeah, with Sonia, I digress. I hope that that works out good for her. But now I can see, and it wouldn't surprise me if she doesn't want to come back after having to deal with that. People basically trying to kill her couldn't change the way that you. And then life. even worse, if it's not even just people trying to kill it, just people just trying to mess with her. They try to make funny for their fucking little two or three Twitter friends. Would you agree with her decision to leave? Yeah. At that, at that point, yeah, it is your career and everything. But if she were to come back and not be in the right frame of mind, it would hurt her more in the long run. I hate to say it, but... uh. For me personally, I think that's the perfect time to up the security and get a gun license, you know? Yeah. And then the next time some dude standing at your door like that, shoot him. 
I'm right there with you. You know what I mean? That's really at the end of the day what you need to do. Get a fucking gun, shoot this yeah. guy. You know. I don't like I'm I'm not a fan of firearms just because of the carelessness in which uh things are dealt with. But that being said, a licensed firearm for someone protecting themselves is perfectly fine. And this is proof that we need that. But I would absolutely say it's a great time to just break out a fucking gun and shoot somebody if you need to. If they're, they're telling you in text messages, we plan on killing you. We are planning your demise and we're going to decapitate your best friend. You know what I mean? Like, there at that point, no I'm guilt. pretty sure you're, you're, you're obligated to a headshot. At that I'll point. happily shoot somebody. She should, she should <laughs> get a gun and shoot their fucking face off when they do that. Catch them right between the eyes. Target practice. Don't let them win and get the satisfaction of ending your career. Shoot them. End his life. Yeah. You know, but I mean, overall, breathing. whatever decision she does make, I hope it helps her. Whatever helps her the most. Because I don't know where her head's at. I don't know what she's thinking. But if it's take some time away, then come back. She's probably cool. thinking, I almost got kidnapped and my friend almost got decapitated. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's what because that's what happened. The guy was in the house with all the stuff. Yeah, the alarm went off, but they had enough time to leave. Like if he was faster, he could have ended both of them. He was already in the house, alarm or otherwise. That shit is scary. If he had a gun, if he wasn't a dumb stalker, this this could have been really quick. Oh, yeah. and uh, as a result of that, that shook her. But yeah, I think she needs uh yeah. protection and a and a gun. No matter whether she comes back or not, definitely. Like that's a must. You know, you're in the in the public spotlight. People are stalking you. You know, now's a good time to protect yourself. Yeah, be ready. And like Stacey said, and a big dog, not Roman, another big dog. No, freaking like freaking Rockwiler on steroids, big. By the way, I don't have this on my program or anything. I just read this in um, a news site earlier. Did you know that uh, back in I think it was 2013. Uh, just for a quick segue here, Roman had like a really bad hernia, like a really, I remember really that. bad one. And apparently, um, in order for him to wrestle, he needs to wear like this special thing around him, this special belt that that like holds his midsection together, I guess. And that's the reason why they don't change his attire, because the vest, the chest protector he's wearing is protecting the belt that protects him. That makes sense. Cause yeah, I remember that that hernia because that was uh right after the shield basically split that first time and he'd gone out on his own and he was in the middle of they were building towards that run and then bang that hernia happened and then he was gone for what it could be a good couple of months. Lord, that my God, yeah, that does that makes a lot of sense. That I mean, truth be told. I'm not one of these people here on the internet where I have a problem with him still having the vest and everything on. I like the look. It's different. But yeah, if it's if that would that be in the case, the fact that it's basically holding everything in place because like our hernia for people who've never had it. Like I know people who have dealt with hernias before. That's not just like like a stub toe like that will in some way, shape or form stick with you forever. It's almost like when it comes to something like a broken rib or like a blown out knee, you never, your body never a hundred percent gets over that. Yeah. Well, that sucks. Sucks yeah. that uh, we see so many vulnerabilities with the guy who's like the top of the company, you know? Yeah. 
I mean, hey, glad he's doing what he can. The SSC is a pretty good idea. It's something to keep yourself safe. So Yeah, that wasn't news. It just crossed my mind because of the big dog thing. But yeah, uh, yeah Sonia, good luck with that. Yeah, whatever she decides to do. Absolutely. I hope it gives you the peace of mind you need. <laughs> if you come back, we'll see you down the road. Take your time. If you don't, it was a hell of a run and do whatever makes you freaking happy. Just be safe. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And she's a nice girl. Like she didn't deserve shit like that. Like I've seen her, we've seen, I've seen her on Total Divas. Uh, her and Mandy have a channel where they basically literally go all, all over the place, like eating donuts and shit. Nicest person in the freaking world. Yeah, I remember it's seeing just, that. Just people, man. It's just people. I yeah. Know. So uh, did you see this clip of? Uh, I'm gonna switch off for this. I'm gonna morbid everybody that. But did you see this clip of Brie Bella uh, predicting Rollins becoming a messiah? I didn't. This sort of was random and weird. He tweeted it out, I believe. Where you hiding that hair tie collection at? Should have bought some white hair ties for the night. Yeah, I'm gonna go try to make one. Oh, look at this! I know. Just make as a pure, innocent. You know me. Looks good delicate, though. like a flower. Delicate. That's a good word. That's me. Delicate. Well, I don't know. It's not really too fitting, but your gear looks awesome. Yeah, I'm sad. New day also decided. I did actually. They see did that. decide that this color. You actually look like their messiah. Oh well, man. I kind of have the Jesus yeah, vibe going on. Yeah. All right, I'll take it. I'll accept it. I feel a pre-tape coming on. Oh no! Oh, you did it, Bree. It was your fault. Where I'm just like this. <laughs> oh no! no he even came out. He wanted the pose. You yeah, fucked yeah. it up. This was it. This was the birth of the Messiah, oh, right now. Holy shit! That was Bree's wow. last parting gift to us. Yo, I'm, I'm I'm taking that bitch to Vegas with me. Fuck this shit. Does it have to be long term or can it be short? I need to time this out right. Oh man! It's when I take it, and then he did the pose. <laughs> 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 and little did we know, years later. <laughs> oh man! So the Bellas both gave birth, and they have revealed the name of their kids. Let's see what we got here. So Nikki and Artem named their child Mateo Artanovic Chinvinsev, whatever his middle and last names are. Um, Bree and Danielson named him Buddy Desert Danielson. He sounds like an Indiana Jones song character. I'm sorry, I couldn't interest in it. Buddy Desert? Buddy B- Desert. Is it Buddy Desert or is Buddy Dessert? I wish it would have been Buddy Desert now. Like, because two S's would be Dessert, right? Yeah. Yes, Buddy Dessert. Oh, okay. Buddy Dessert Danielson. What was the other one again? It was what, Mateo? No, no, no. The first kid that Danielson had. Oh. Buddy's, oh, Birdie. Birdie and Buddy? <laughs> sounds like a sick cop, doesn't it? Oh, I love it. <laughs> Sounds like a couple of Final Fantasy sub-bosses. Birdie and Buddy. Yes. Birdie You gotta Buddy. fight them both at the same time. When you kill one, the other one gets stronger. Oh, my God. All right, That's, listen. I don't want to... Yeah. Buddy dessert. <laughs> Let's just keep going when it gets worse. We... <laughs> Where the hell are these names coming from? I don't know. I mean, let's be real. I, I, you know what the sad part is? I hate to say it, but I've seen worse. Yeah? All I'm saying... Once upon a time, I really do wish I was lying when I said this. I literally knew a pair of twins, 
it was the niece and the nephew. Wow. Yeah. I one time yeah. knew, I one time didn't know, but I remember being in attendance in like a school hall or something, and they called out someone's name, and it was a female named Baloney. <laughs> Stop! I swear. <laughs> Don't you lie to me in front of company, all right? <laughs> I swear. Oh my god! There's a few other ones here that were bad names, but we get heat. <laughs> Pilot and Pector one. Was that an actual name? <laughs> You know the sad part about this? I'm literally weighing the options. Do I care enough about the heat to pass up the laugh? Oh, I do. I definitely don't wanna. I've had enough. <laughs> okay, they, we'll, uh, we'll, 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 we'll pop that one off here. I don't know. Like yeah, buddy, buddy, baby. <sighs> oh god! <laughs> like I feel like you can't like be strict with your child with a name like that. You know, like some parents will call you by your first, middle, and last name. Yeah. You imagine that shit. Stop touching it. Stop, stop, stop. Buddy Dessert Danielson. Like, what? Oh, that makes sense. King Quest, it was, uh, it was, he guess it was some celebrity kid's name. I mean, that makes sense. Kanye came was pretty fucking Northwest. Why? I don't know. I always wondered about <laughs> that one, too. Like, you named your kid a direction on a compass? Two directions. Like, what the? F- right. And then you got, and now, now I'm thinking about it. Is it, is it like just Northwest or is it North and West? I'm Wait, sure the other one was named Southeast. Please stop lying to me, Stasis. Sugar Shane, what's going on, buddy? You, you 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 caught us just in time for name little. No, that's already over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, recently, Triple H was on the Bill Simmons podcast, and an interesting topic that came up. I'm going to link you guys to the entire thing so you can listen. It'll be on our social media. But one of the things he spoke about was Vince McMahon, the state of Vince McMahon at his current age. And I wanted you guys to hear this and then give me your opinion, Destin, on uh, the current Vince McMahon and how Triple H describes him. Can you walk me through Vince McMahon at this stage of his life? What's he like? Is it is the battery starting to wear down? Is he is he still throwing 100 miles an hour? Is he uh, how many hours of sleep? Like, what's going on with him? He, he is a machine. You know, um, it's hard. Sometimes when you talk about it, and people go like, well, I, God, that can't be good for him. He's getting older and all that. So like, yeah, but it, it, it doesn't bother him. And he's, um, you know, he, he probably, I guess, given the circumstances, he's probably sleeping more than he ever has just because of the, the, circumstances yeah, you don't have to travel. And, right. Yeah. No. And the way things are. So it's a, a lot less than it used to be, but he is still, I, I don't know that he missed a day at the office. And and it's a funny thing because it's just who he is. He's at the office every single day, even when no one was there. Like it's right. That's what he does. And um, you know, but uh he still trains every day. You know, if you go to the office and you know, you go downstairs at uh one or two in the morning, he's probably in there training. Um Jesus. he's just a machine, but that's what keeps him going. You know, he eats incredibly well. He just, you know, he's a very routine and disciplined person. So his, his diet is on his, you know, uh, all those things are there. Um, and you know, he's, uh, it's hard, I think for people to understand when people are driven to do something, this is his passion still to this day. He's the most passionate person about this that I know. And he will do it. It's he doesn't get up thinking, oh, I got to go to work today and I got to make all these calls and I got to do all this stuff. I got to sit with this and do that. Like he, he gets up looking forward to doing it. You know, it's it's the uh, all these years later, it's still he's dating the new girl in a way uh, like it's still like you can't wait to get up and get on the phone and do this stuff, and go and 
and he just it's it's inspiring it really is um that you still get there and still have that passion for everything do you think like you know 45 years from now when he dies and they they it's like when Secretariat died and they did the autopsy and they realized Secretariat had a heart that was twice the size of a normal horse heart. And they were like, oh, that's why this was. Yeah. Like, what happens with Vince? Do they find out like he just didn't have blood or like what, what are know. they going to find out? Flair, Flair used to joke all the time. We, we still say it to this day that he's he saw this special. I don't remember what it was on, but some documentary special on these people that have this particular gene where they never get sick. They don't get you know, diseases, they can abuse their themselves, you know, whatever, physically, um, not eat well, not work out, not anything. And they just live long, healthy right. lives. And right up until the time they die at a hundred plus years old, they're, they're, you know, still just going. And, uh, we used to say all the time, he's got the gene, the, the, you know, uh, Rick's got the gene and that's why he's been able to survive everything he is. And he's still right. going and he's still Rick Flair. And, if anybody has that gene, it's Vince. And that, that is something that when he passed, which I'm convinced most of us will be gone before he does. Um, th- I think they'll find something like that. Out. Like he had some kind of crazy uh, yeah, third kidney, and endurance thing. <laughs> like it's a funny thing is too. Some of my kids have it like where they're just like my oldest daughter can be like up all night and just going. And uh, I'm like, good Lord, she has her grandfather's stamina. It's, it's insane. What's grandfather Vince like? He's awesome. They love him. You know, you know, he's busy and he's, uh, he works all the time, but when there's, Vince is a a funny guy that when he will work and do all the things, but when it comes down to it, if he needs to be there for something for somebody family wise or anything else, he is the guy that is right there. Um, he's there for the things that they need to do. He's there for their events and their moments. Um, whether it's by phone or whether they're in person, I mean, you know, video or whether they're in person or whatever, um, he's there and, and he's great. And he loves to have a good time with them. And, um, it's, it's funny when, when with family stuff, he's a lot of an observer. So he, he, he likes to sit and watch them do things and, and, uh, you know, that kids do. And, and that's his, uh, class, but they love him and they love having him around and he loves being around them. Sounds nice. Yeah. Sounds like the old man's still going. Yeah. He- <laughs> What? Holy Jesus, he's still going. <laughs> yeah. His arms, right? He's not like that anymore. That was a few years back, right? Oh, no. No, he, he ain't that kind of jack now. He, he still could probably beat me in a bar fight, but he, you know. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Yeah. Kind of funny he talked about that gene that just keeps people alive forever. Like fucking him, Flair, Betty White. I mean, I'm, all I'm saying, that's three right off the gate. Like, I'm like, yeah, this might be a thing. Stacey put his ping pong is stronger. Oh, not again. <laughs> Not again. Yeah, you know it is. Good old Vince. Yeah. And I guess I don't think he's the big problem with the company. Nah. I think that there's a variety of things going on right now. There's a lot of stuff that leads up to Vince that does never get acknowledged. Yeah. A lot of it hopefully gets fixed over time. Yeah. I mean, he's still enjoying it. He's still I, I like the fact I think the fact that like Triple H mentioned that the fact that they're not traveling as much, he sleeps more. Gotta be loving that. <laughs> like, For sure. Mm-hmm. All right. In other news, gotta get here soon. We gotta we still got the pay-per-view poll for next week. Feels like every week there's a pay-per-view. You know why? Because there is. <laughs> Three in a row. Let's go. So we got that band you like. What's the name? CFO dollar sign? 
<laughs> Who is this I? I thought you liked them. That wasn't your, they weren't your people. No, no, no. You like some songs they did, right? They did some good. I mean, yeah, some like. songs, but. Well, how do you say their name? CFO dollar sign. I, that, that's what we fucking call them. <laughs> I don't I've, never heard, I've never heard anybody actually say their name. That's, just... that's such a bad name. You can't even insert that as a file name or into any kind okay, of. Ching. Like, like, what is that shit? That's what I'm calling them. That's what I'm start calling them. Suffaching. You don't have to start calling them anything. They broke up. <laughs> this will be the last time it comes up, so we're gonna get it wrong for the final time. <laughs> you know what it do? Because I heard about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. They broke up. It's weird that this whole thing happened. Uh, right. It was apparently John Paul Alicastro and Michael Conrad Law Lor- Laurie. Uh, you said w- Conrad. I was about to be like bands too. Yeah, they they were dropped by WWE this past May. They got fired from their longtime partner, Greg Wattenberg's music label, Arcade Songs. They tried to get WWE to buy them out of their deal, um, and they agreed to it. But um, Arcade Songs apparently did not. And uh, apparently WWE registered the trademark Def Rebel. Uh, and that was going to be the name of the new group of people that were in charge of making music for the company, which I guess is what it became. So, uh, unfortunately... Those guys have split up. And this sort of goes into the Keith Lee stuff. Because Keith Lee has been getting on a slack on social media for his music where he tweeted, Music is out of my hands, period. Leave it be. I'll sort it out later. Yep. And uh, yeah, apparently he's annoyed by that entire thing. And from what we're hearing, according to Fightful, uh, WWE has been trying to get talent to get rid of their CFO dollar sign themes. Because uh, apparently... They don't work with WWE anymore, as you know, and they got a really shitty deal with their publisher. And in that deal, whenever you use their music, the publisher gets literally half of the royalties. Whereas with Jim Johnston stuff, uh, they have a better deal, which is why you still hear a lot of the old music. So they've gone to different people and said, hey, look, we don't have these guys anymore. Let's uh go on to this music and apparently it's being reported that the superstars hated the music that WWE presented to them as the replacement music from what they had and some rejected it and I guess you're allowed to reject it so they have to pay the shitty fees to the publishers of the CFO dollar sign people until you agree so the only thing that I can speculate here is that Keith Lee was put on the main roster and given the choice and didn't want to fucking seem like a dick having been the new guy on the main roster you know what i mean what are you gonna say no no i like my music yeah fuck y'all you can't he's a new guy he probably felt inclined to say yes unfortunately they shouldn't have asked him that's the problem they should have the the common sense to realize that the money is worth it until you can come up with something better at that point i could mm -hmm. give at that point i could give a shit if i'm the new guy if my music works don't touch my fucking music if i see him off like a new guy okay cool send me back to the next Hey, I don't give a shit. <laughs> so, uh, apparently they started a whole bunch of Mark started petitions all over the internet to bring him back his music where you've got to sign the petition if you want his music back. That's what we do now. We protest and petition everything. So, <laughs> uh, here we go. Here we go again. Get I know how that fire velveteen dream for the petitions going. Isn't that so fair? Get your picket signs out, guys. Time to get his music back. We can do it together. If there's enough of us and we're obnoxious enough, we'll get whatever the fuck we want. Right? Isn't that how it works? No? Who knows? All right, moving along, because there's no clean segues. It's just a bunch of news. That's the way it is sometimes. We're going to have to deal with Um, Rey Mysterio was on Keeping It 100. As you guys know, it's Conan and uh, 
Disco Inferno's podcast. Um, and he talked about the stem cell treatments that he's been getting and what he's gone through. And I have to say, listening to uh, Ray Mysterio talk about the amount of things he's had done to him makes me believe we're really close to just being able to create cyborgs and shit. That dude has had surgeries on almost every part of his body. It is nuts. I'm going to let you hear some. I'll link you guys to the whole interview. Questions. Because you, you, you only wrestle like once a week now, right, Ray? Uh, right now, yes. How, how, how's, it, how's it feel? Because I know like the last week, the last we wrestled, if you feel good out there, huh? Yeah, my body feels great. Uh, although uh, not wrestling constantly, um, you know, it, you uh, when you do have a match, you yeah. ache. Yeah, you ache. But not only that, it's like you, you you're used to going day to day on that grind. That when you stop for a minute, you know you uh, you want it, but at the same time, your body's telling you, "Nah, this feels good." But once you do get in there, you know you have the risk. I believe that uh, to getting injured. Uh, faster or on simple shit, but, uh, overall the stem cell treatment that I had done, um, the dieting that I changed, uh, working out, you know, all of that has, has improved my, my physique, my body, the way I move, you know, for the best. What did the stem cells help, uh, uh, Ray? Oh, everything, everything, dog. I had, um, um, where'd you go? I went to Columbia. Oh, the same place the, the Rybeck and Nash and those guys went. And stuff? Yes, yes, right. because there they can give you more of it, right? <laughs> yes, I t- I was in the millions of stem cells that were injected into my body. I did uh, two days of IV, um, and I believe explain, like I, I don't know anything about this. <laughs> Br- briefly explain what the stem cell stuff does. So it helps regenerate and <clears throat> and heal any parts of your body that have suffered from injuries, like um, discs. Like discs in your back or stuff, I, or like is- I've I've never had any disc issues, so I, I it would be hard for me to answer that. Mm-hmm. But uh, with the amount of surgeries that I've had on my left knee, um, you know, it helped tremendously. Now, this wasn't the first time that I've done stem cells. This was the first time that I had that amount um, injected into my body. Um, so I would do five hundred thousand uh, through an IV, and I did that two days. I would get into a hyperbaric chamber um, every time I would go in to, to do my treatment. So I, I flew it to Columbia, and I was there from Monday all the way through Saturday. And every day, I would go in to do a treatment. So hyperbaric chamber every day, that keeps... How long ago was that? I don't know. How long are you in that for? Um, 25 minutes, I believe. Right. 25 minutes. And in one day, I had uh, the treatments injected into my body. So I did uh, an injection to my left knee. An injection to my right knee, which uh, no surgeries on the right knee, but I still wanted to get some treatment done because um, it's been taking all the wear and tear from the left one. Yeah, did, so it's uh, overcompensating. It might, yes. it might get hurt. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So I did a shot in my shoulder because I just suffered the injury with Samoa Joe at uh, what? Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank. Yeah. Um, and I did my ankle, which I injured right before WrestleMania, <clears throat> both of my wrists because I suffered from car- carpal tunnel. And I did uh, both of my biceps since both of them were torn. The right one I repaired, the left one I didn't repair. So I just I went ahead and, and got an injection there. Wait, so wait, so so you so you have a you had a torn left bicep, never got never got it, <coughs> never got it fixed, and you just did yes. inject the stem cells and it and it's fixed now. Well, it's it's not that it's fixed. I I do uh, I did the stem cells 
on the left bicep because I knew it was torn. And because I didn't fix it, I said, well, it's got to help somewhere or another. And the reason why I didn't get, I, the reason why I didn't get it fixed is because I didn't feel the same uh, reaction that I felt when I tore my right bicep. It was just different. Like within a matter of two days, I was, I I had full extension, you know, I wasn't limited on doing anything. So that's why I decided not to get it fixed. And still to this day, man, it, it feels incredible. And I, and I also did, um, um, <clears throat> I did the, um, actually I did get my spine. I did get my spine. Um, that was probably the worst pain after, mm-hmm. uh, like the 24 hour period after you get the treatment done, they say it can be very rough. You can either feel fever, uh, aches, headache, um, pounding of the head. And for about exactly 23 hours, I felt that the, the symptoms. Yeah, and then after that, the interview goes on to say about the other surgeries he got, the next one being his head. That's actually not his original head. They just had the whole fucking head replaced from the neck up. <laughs> Completely different. So, <laughs> that's nine different places on his body. It's, uh... This man has basically been held together with Elmer's glue and paper clips. <laughs> we used to talk about the what? contracts and the money that he would ask for on here years ago. Be like, yo, Ray's asking for this much. Holy shit. If I had to go through all of that, somebody's paying me. Right. Put stem cells in the eye. Yeah, for the angle, right? Ring his body back with the stem cells. He's going to get... I mean, hey, hey, after after what Retribution did, put stem cells on top of his head now. Talk to Rocket. Rocket Raccoon, he'll have have one of the eyes, one of the little cybernetics that you could put inside of him. Goddamn Rocket Mysterio. Fix that angle, though, because that shit is annoying me. I don't want his fucking eye patch Ray Mysterio anymore. It's a stupid storyline. I want to forget that just, it happened. De- ju- 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 just decanonize it. Just pretend Please. it never happened. Katie Vickett said that a few times already. Yeah. Like, I just don't want to believe that those things happened. It was fake. Because at that <laughs> no. point, like, from a kayfabe standard, that makes WWE look even worse. Like, wait a minute, so he just lost an eye now a month ago, a month later, you're having him wrestle? What? Stem cells much. I mean, it's living proof that stem cells work. We watched Ray Mysterio in 2020 wrestle. I believe, I don't, you think I need to hear from you yeah. that stem cells work? I've been trying to oh, figure out how this motherfucker's managing to still be alive at this point. And now it's, it's, it all makes sense. I'm like, wait a minute. That Ray He's wrestling as good now as he was wrestling years ago. Like, it's incredible. Incredible. <laughs> there was a period of time where it's like, it was just like, okay, Bray's body's starting to wind down. And then he showed back up for that first time again at the Rumble. And I'm like, wait a minute. Did he go back in time? Yes. This is, you always say, is he doing blood magic or something? Yeah, it's crazy. <sighs> so, knows? yeah, man. I could see why he charges so much. If they don't want to have to pay as much, first of all, WWE has the money. We already talked about how much money they're saving. But if you don't want to pay a guy big money, like a big main event like that, you got a lot of young luchadors out there that don't need to have their entire body reconstructed for this. But because this guy does and he's worth that money, he deserves every bit of it. He's literally yeah. sacrificed his body for this business. You know? Man. <laughs> That's a spoiler, King Quest. No, I'm kidding. You know what? I didn't like part two. I know it's supposed to be one movie, but I didn't like part two as much. Maybe it would have worked better for me. Kill Bill as a yeah, as a complete movie. I actually used to have a DVD that was like a special edition, that big fight scene where uh, it goes black and white. Like on my version, it didn't go black and white. I'm sure you guys must have seen it. It was an uncut one with that big fight scene. That whole thing is in color. And uh, it's even worse because she does things that they cut out of it. Like really graphic things. Like she, she like stands on one guy's shoulders with the sword and then she swings it underneath her and she cuts both his hands off 
and then she jumps off of his shoulders and cuts one dude clean in half like down the middle of the camera like of the first person camera you see the sword come down the guy's like in two parts and then she like emerges from the middle of it and i remember thinking that's fucking graphic to be in color like even for me it was like wow i could see why they made some changes before this shit became public (laughs) yeah incredible yeah ray good job on the rebuild yeah hanging on (laughs) hanging on optimist style right exactly incredible all right what else do we got going on i don't want to bore anybody i'm not trying to keep the more bid news like to a to a lower level with uh stuff happening i want to talk about some new japan results the summer struggle new japan pro wrestling summer struggle just talk the results we don't have enough time anymore to go for everything with so much wrestling but as I said earlier in the show, Naito is now the double champion again. IWGP heavyweight and IWGP intercontinental. He defeated both evil. Well, he defeated evil for both of them with the Destino. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, Takahashi, Hiromu Takahashi of also from LIJ, he wound up losing the IWGP junior heavyweight title to Taiji Ishimori. So, uh, making Taiji Ishimori the first two time IWGP junior heavyweight champion. That's Toru. crazy. I think as long as that belt's been around, he's the only two time champion. Yeah. Toru Yano won the uh, King of Pro Wrestling trophy. He's the first one to win it. Uh, and he defeated Okada for that. Yeah. Which is uh, really fucking weird. That's, just, that's what makes the New Japan so interesting, though, right? Like, you would never have imagined that, right? What? They'll, like, at the, with New Japan, I've always caught that vibe that like they want you to understand anybody can beat anybody here. <laughs> but Toru Yano beat yeah. Okada, the so, guy who sells the DVDs and takes the fucking turnbuckle off. The thing I, the only thing I could think about, I was like, how many people in that place know Okada as well as Yano? As long as they've been around each other, I guess if you want to try to, if your suspension of disbelief goes that I far, mean, yeah, you know, he he scouted. <laughs> it's all I could think of, like, yes, man. Minoru Suzuki also won the, the the never title from uh, Shingo Takagi, and this is Suzuki's second reign with that title. There's some New Japan results for you there. Oh, Suzuki. Good old Minoru, right? Still, dude's been in the game for a long time, still scary as all hell, even without the back mohawk. Yeah, absolutely. Even, I think, what, New Japan had fans as well for this event, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it was good. That was another thing where it's like we're talking about uh, the fans singing Judas, the fans singing uh, that one part of Minoru, of Suzuki's song. Kazenina. Oh, God. Yeah, I missed it. Like, it was so cool. If you ever see this, like, there's a particular line in his song. But what's cool, and I think you've noticed it sometimes, Rick, he'll stall getting in the ring just to time that part right. Yeah. I've seen him legit do like two or three laps around the ring waiting for that part. And because he does it the second he gets in, it's like Triple H with the spit pop. You got to catch it. Yeah. You have, like, there's only a certain, there's only, I think the only time Triple H has never done that at that particular point was, like, and it was in his 2002 and his 2007 return, but that's it. But yeah, like, Minoru's literally timed that part out in his interest, no matter how long or short the ramp is. Yeah. So New Japan is thriving. Back in business. Mm-hmm. Very good for them. Very good. Yeah, it was it was good, Doc. And I wound up watching that uh, summer struggle as well. It was good seeing all, seeing them again. Mm-hmm. And apparently AEW's plan moving forward is going to be taping multiple episodes of Dynamite with live fans. Uh, 
So that way, I guess they can get everything out of the way. Melissa's quoted as saying, just because of the schedule works for the next couple of weeks, they're going to do every week. They're going to do Wednesday this week. They'll probably do dark on Thursday, and that won't be with paid attendance. They've got paid attendance Saturday night with the pay-per-view, and they come back Wednesday with another show. I think they're going to do two weeks that Wednesday, and that's when they'll start every other week again. So that's how they're going to keep uh, that going. So the Saturday, they'll have the live people there as well. Yeah. Keep, thing, keep things moving. So. Yeah. And they basically said masks are required at all times except when eating and drinking. Guests can only eat or drink while sitting in their assigned seat or at the seating areas. Masks must be completely covering the mouth and nose. Guests who fail to comply are subject to ejection. Cars can only be parked in every other parking lot spot. Masks are recommended in the parking lot and tailgating is prohibited. No liquids or beverages are allowed inside, but food is permitted provided it is unwrapped and inside a one-gallon clear plastic bag. Everyone has to have their own mobile ticket. Concessions are cashless and smoking is prohibited. So they're making sure that you don't fuck up. Well, take precautions. I like it. It's the best covering thing all their bases. Like, yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna have them come back, right? Yeah, make sure they do it right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the weeklies because we gotta get that out of the way. We got the AW poll coming on. I really want you guys to vote. Again, I've said before, voting helps, guys. It gives us a nice clean result. At the end, when we do the pay-per-view, don't think that that's not appreciated. It all, it just gives us more of an accurate view of how this community thinks. Yes. Uh, so once again, AEW Dark becoming longer than their main show with a bunch of jobbers on there or enhancement talent, as they prefer to be called. And I get that it's dark matches, but it's really becoming dry. You know, I was surprised to see. Uh, was it this week that had Jesse Sorensen? Yeah, Jesse Sorensen. Good old. Yeah. Got his neck broke by Zima Ion, Jesse Sorensen. Yeah, he fought Sean Spears, and uh, he looks totally different from the Jesse Sorensen that I remember. I did not uh, recognize him. If they would not have shown his name, I would not have known. At the end of the match, after he loses, Spears hits him with a palm strike in the back of his neck with a loaded glove. Storytelling. Mm Mm-hmm. Lance Archer beat up some fat guy before the Jabber match. Was that the fat guy from the Dark Order video packages? I don't even know. I, I don't even I can't, I can't remember that. I'm not sure which fat guy that was. Yeah, we also had Heather Monroe versus Penelope Ford, which Heather Monroe looks good out there. I want to see more of her. They need more girls like that. Um, yeah, we had the best friends fucking up Santana and Ortiz. Um, so essentially, you can call this Double Dragon the Revenge, huh? <laughs> but in, in all seriousness, I find it interesting that that angle started on Dynamite and continues on Dark. So if you miss Dark, you have no idea when the hell these guys got their heat back. Because not like they mentioned yeah. it, so, you know, just kind of... I, I do like that sometimes, like, they keep the shows in some kind of ways connected. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Because it makes and I mean, sense. like, this whole thing with Scorpio Sky, that started on Dark. And it's mm-hmm. cool to see a Dynamite feud migrate over. Right, of course. So that brings us to Dynamite, that had the fans at 10% capacity practicing social distancing with masks. Uh, things that stood out to me about this dynamite, we had that gauntlet tag team match where the Bucks go over Dustin and, uh, QT. And then, uh, well, they were, they were going to, um, basically bring it all the way. But unfortunately, what winds up happening is Hangman grabs Nick's leg when they're about to hit the Melsa driver so he can't springboard over the ropes. And this cost them the match. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, go ahead. What was interesting about it too, cause I've never seen this done before. Literally the entire time, even when he had, uh, I believe it was Nick by the leg, he never looked at them. 
Yeah, he didn't make any eye contact. It, it's like it's like it was like it's like the only way. It's kind of like you know, in like a movie or like a TV show where you see somebody like uh shoot somebody they care about and they don't look at him. Yeah, pretty much. And also, um, you know, the speculation about whether it was a heel turn. Remember, what didn't didn't the FTR guys tell them that uh that like what will happen if if your friends win and then you have to face them or something like that? That which is what got in his head. Yeah. So they kind of leave it up in the air where it's not clear. Is it a heel turn or is it I don't want to fight my friends? Yeah. And uh, this leads to later in the night. We're going to come back to the earlier stuff, but this leads to later in the night. The Bucks getting into it with Adam Page. Ooh, this was Of course you're at the bar. Of course you're at the bar. Are you waiting for someone? Are you expecting someone hangman? Are you kidding me? You cost us a title match. Why? I know. Are you afraid no, to no, face no. us again? Is that why? He's insecure. The, who are you? Who the hell are you? This is your own insecurities that has pushed you to this. God, this entire time, Hangman, we, we wanted a friend, and you didn't think you were good enough. You were good enough the entire time, Hangman. All we wanted was a friend. One time I called you a jobber, a long time ago. That's what he said. But tonight, to you decided to be I, a jobber. And then, you know, it's about, it's about damn time someone actually told you the truth. You're nothing but a drunk. Since November, you've been asking for it, and we've been clinging on to something that doesn't even exist anymore. You didn't want to be our friend. You didn't want to be in the elite, and no, we were too stupid. We were too naive. We were just hanging on to something that didn't exist. Hey, man, this is what you wanted, right? Well, fine. We're done. You're out of the elite. You're out. Mm. I definitely like the emotion. It, there was a moment in that promo where Matt sounded like he was about to start crying. Yeah, they did. Yeah, good intense here. emotion. There's been speculation about what happened, whether it was FTR, whether it was uh, maybe Kenny Omega was the heel here that told him to do it, or we don't know if there's going to be some sort of a swerve or if it really is just Adam Page straight up turning heel. But we'll have to see exactly how this plays out. Yeah. It is cool to do it that way, though, because then it gives you a reason to tune in. You can't just make, all right, cool, straight heel turn. Yeah. You have to wait and see to see what direction it's going to, because there's literally multiple ways this could go. They've definitely been nursing this one. It's definitely been on a slow burn. Yeah. So, but it's a proper slow burn, though. Yeah. So, and um, that was kind of unexpected because you never see it go down like that, where it's like, no, we're kicking you out. You usually see it just, I quit or this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Lance Archer faces Sean Maluda. Did they fire him from NXT? Or what the hell? What the hell's he doing there? I believe. Yeah, I think they. Yeah, <laughs> I guess they. I guess they found better jobbers. Isn't he a Samoan? Yeah. They fire those. Yeah. In WWE, fuck out of here. <laughs> Apparently, he, he. He. I guess he had two. I guess. I guess he had some sob, but not enough more. Yeah, man. Back in my day, a Samoan could kill a motherfucker and stay employed in WWE. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Oh, I just now, saw what you did, you, you motherfucker. Get, now you get released for jobbing out, really? He's related oh, to, God. You know, I just that that. If that's where you were going, that is I fun. don't know where I was going. <laughs> no idea. <sighs> so you get the contract signing where MJF wants social distancing and claims Moxley liked idolizing Sandman and others that weren't real wrestlers and so on and so forth. You know what, man? The MJF stuff is laid on a little bit too thick. Um, I know a lot of you guys like it. The one thing I'll give credit for is that he's the kind of heel. He's an old school heel. And what I mean by that yeah. is uh, he's not a cool heel. 
He's not like the NWO where you want to be Nash and wear Nash's stuff and, and look like Kevin Nash or like Scott Hall or say, hey, yo. He's not like DX where you want to crotch chop with pyro and glow sticks and shit. You know what I mean? He's not like the bullet. You don't even you know? so much want to have the same initials. Like, you know what I mean? Like, w- w- that's the thing with wrestling in our era. Like, growing up in the, in, in, well, in the 80s, it was different, but growing, but, once we hit the 90s, uh, it sort of became like the heels became cool. And it's not just something in wrestling. Anyone who follows any other kind of mediums, uh, whether you're, whether it's comic books or anime or, or movies or TV shows, there's just this thing that started happening where the bad guys just became cooler than the, than the good guys. Like in my day in the 80s, you know, it was like Superman and Captain America were the guys and then the bad guys were the bad guys and it was just, you know, clean. But they started to sort of, uh, dilute the pool a little bit over time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even if you look at stuff like in the 90s, late 90s growing up, there were so many anti-heroes. If you look at Josh Whedon stuff with Buffy and shit, Spike became cool. Like it was supposed to be a character you don't like that's an asshole. He's doing malicious stuff to these kids that are trying to live. And it's like at the end of the day, a lot of the time people were tuning in because they liked the character. Because even though he was an asshole, like the way he talked and carried himself made you interested in what he was going to do. It was almost like the heel element being instilled into a, into a show to the point where it's like we can't kill this guy. Because everybody's invested in him. You know, so it's yeah. just something that happens. But And there's nothing wrong with that. I like anti-heroes. I love that kind of stuff. But every now and then, you just need, like, good old-fashioned bad guys. And that's what MJF is. I don't want to dress like him or look like him or talk like him. I don't like his face or his voice or anything yeah. about the guy. So he's a good heel, you know. But my problem is that even though he's a good heel, there are people who are, like, just overcrediting him. Like, all right, the guy's a good promo, but it gets on the, a bit of the excessive time. The amount of TV time that he takes to get over being a heel versus the amount of time that he actually gets it over in the ring are not balanced to me. And no one's acknowledging that that's really the other part of being a good heel. Because if being a good heel was just having that personality, which is a big part of it, then there'd be more good heels. But you also have to be able to bring that shit in the ring. And b- bringing in the ring isn't just being a good worker. It's, it's knowing how to work like a heel. You're going to be doing things that heels do and those things are going to look good a perfect example of somebody who knows how to work like a good heel is randy orton you know randy orton doesn't wrestle the same as a baby face as a heel certain stuff that he does that when he was a face we don't see him doing anymore you know the orton stomps formerly the garvin stomps you hardly ever see that when he's a baby face but it's something that he would do as a heel you're on the ground he's fucking stomping around you you know what i mean you know a lot of things that you see heels when they put your fingers on the ground they do that bend thing certain ways you know taking I mean, the whole taking the whole five count you know what i mean when the rope shoot, one, one thing um one thing orton does as a face they they doesn't do as a heel before he gets in that position for the rko remember he used to hype the crowd up he used to walk around the ring for like 30 seconds he just goes straight into it now yeah exactly he's not trying to pander to the crowd at all yeah. so mjf i give him credit for that where it's like he come no one wants to be mjf at least i'd like to think not but I just and feel I, like I, I would like to see more of what MJF can offer as far as a heel in the ring. Working in the ring is a big part of it. If you look at people like Roddy Piper, like, yeah, he was great on Piper's pit. But then if you go back and look at Roddy Piper in the ring, he told the story of being a heel in the ring just as much, if not more so. Yeah. And I think that's one of my things that because, I mean, there are some people who just they just blindly it's just like, yeah, he's amazing. I think for me, it's the fact that he's that old school heel. But he has it down, at least the, at least the part that we've seen down so packed at such a young age. But we definitely do need I, I definitely write that with you. We have to see more of it when the mic's not there, when he's not talking, when he's fighting. Yeah, cause, but they're giving him all the good elements of a heel. I don't like, yeah. I wouldn't want to dress like him. This music is exactly. annoying. Like, it really like I said, it's so, at such music. a young age to have that so down packed. Yeah, I mean, it's good. It's cool. 
He's good. He's 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 good. It's just you know I gotta we gotta see more from the other side. So the Dark Order have a funeral for Cody simultaneously with an inauguration of Brody Lee as the new TNT champion. We're actually hearing that the reason why Cody is gone is because he was invited to be part of that TV show Heels, which I believe we've ran a trailer of. I feel like it's been years ago. Yeah. Show, like a sitcom that's been, about that's been something. from him, I think. Yeah, so he'll be gone for a while. At least that's yeah. what, the, what, what we're hearing. Uh, you had Dustin, Scorpio, and, and, and Matt Cardona out there. I believe it was against the Dark Order, right? Yes. Yeah, so we had that. You had uh, a women's match that was really fucking ugly. Like, I'm not even going to spend too much time again. We got to get to the polls. But the women's match was ugly as always. That's all I'm going to say to you guys. If you want to talk about anything to say about it. Nope. Nope. Great. Yeah, uh, what's her name? Ty- Tyanara Conti. She joined the Dark Order at the end of it. That was the most important thing at the end of. I don't even yeah, remember. Yeah, pretty who, much. Who the hell was uh, it? Was, it was, uh, it was the Dark Order girl. Yeah, it, it was Anna J because they were, uh, they were not only are they friends, but they teamed during the women's tag tournament. Yeah. So now she's part of the Dark Order too, which, um, you know, I guess that pretty much adds something interesting to it. It's been hinted that there's going to be a new member. Yeah, it's been hinted that there's going to be a new member of the Dark Order. Uh, by the new member potentially because this image has been floating around social media uh aid in english posted this and said i'm just going to leave this here on his social media and it's him standing in front of Brody lee so people are speculating that this means that aid in english who was released by ww has been signed as a dark order member mm. yeah i feel like people lose their identity in that in that uh that stable that's the only thing that's bad about it yeah it's a good place for jobbers, just because you you know until they're ready to come into my guess. I don't even know. I always have mixed feelings on it. I always have mixed feelings on it. But let's see what happens with that. Matt Hardy had a match against Sammy Guevara. Sammy winds up taking a nasty bump on the outside through a table on a missed dive, and they catch it in picture in picture, even though they just came from from a commercial break. Uh it, it was weird. Like like they didn't. It it, it kind of sucks that spots like that aren't live. You know what I mean? And they don't try to time it. Where I guess you have to decide what's better to do it the WWE way, where like you wait until after the commercial, now go back to doing cool stuff, or where you just fuck it, we do the match, and hopefully it makes sense. If not, it's on the it's on the small screen, and what happened? Yeah. It was a huge spot when he hit that bump. Yeah, uh, he had a nasty. It, it, gash it, it on unfortunately his. got sacrificed by trying, but to, to not break the flow of the match. He had a nasty gash on his head. <sighs> and, uh, he hit, and I always thought this was one of the craziest moves that the Hardys do. When you hit somebody with that twist of fate with their head in the chair like that, I always cringe when yeah, I don't know how many times I've seen it. And when they do it to each other, when they're I want to say, the, I, I want to say they even literally call it the twist of hate just because it's such a nasty variation. Well, the twist of hate, that's what they were calling, uh, Jeff Hardy. Oh, they were calling yeah, Jeff Hardy. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, it's so, uh, yeah, you know what they call that though? What happened to Sammy, right? Like uh, busted open the hard way, right? They call that a receipt. Oh uh, uh, yeah, because of of the bump, the nasty bump Hardy had to take a receipt. It's just the natural way of things in wrestling. Even uh, if you go back and listen to that full Ray Mysterio podcast that I linked you guys to, even in there he talked a little bit to, about how he talked about to Dominic about it, where he said, "Look, you know, when you go out there and you beat Rollins with the kendo stick, you're gonna get this back. You're gonna get a receipt for this. So just know what you're doing and how hard you're hitting him because there's gonna be a receipt coming." So he knew ahead of time that he was going to get fucked up in return for that. He knew that yeah. asshole was coming. So all you people out there talking about some, oh, you're a terrible father for a lot of time. Like, no, that's just a way of the beast. Mm-hmm. 
Nike took it like a G. So <laughs> yeah, you had Jericho at commentary for a lot of stuff. We already kind of jumped ahead and showed you guys that earlier, but there is the video if any of you guys cared about the Judas uh during Dynamite, just to see for yourselves. Uh Sammy winds up going over with a superplex on a um on a nasty table setup that literally had a chair under it. Yeah, that <laughs> I saw him put the chair on I saw Matt put the chair under the table and I was like, oh, this looks like it's all kinds of bad. Yeah. And when Jericho was out there for his uh what the hell were they out there for? The whatever it was, their promo, I guess Cassidy winds up attacking him and fighting him for the fact that he happened last flew week. across that stage. Showing emotion there. Definitely. You know what I like about that shot though? What's that? It wasn't one of those things where it's like like you'll see what WWE sometimes do where they'll focus on whoever's on commentary so they make sure they catch literally the exact moment. Guevara's having this celebration and like way off in the distance all you see is just denim jeans just running down the side of the stage. And the next thing you know you just hear and it's just it's all gone crazy. Yep. It gave it gave more of a real natural feel to it. Absolutely. So this Saturday night edition of Dynamite brought in 755,000 viewers. They scored a point thirty one in the 18 to 49 demographic and were the fifth ranked show of the night in comparison to last week, which I believe was Tuesday, but it was 792,000. So they lost about 40,000 uh, over that past week with a point thirty two in the 18 to 49 demographic. So they were up a decimal of a point the previous week in the proper demographic. So, uh, it's still good. It's still good. And just to note yeah. to you guys, the program started out with 1.2 million viewers because let's not forget that this was the NBA playoffs. They were going from the NBA playoffs, um, which were at 1.601 million viewers. After the playoffs went off, they still remained at that 1 million margin, even if by just a little bit, 1.2 million. And, uh, that stayed that way for the first quarter. And then, uh, and apparently half of those, 575,000 were the 18 to 49 demographic. And then after that, it dropped about 43% for the second quarter, but the 18 to 49 stayed pretty high because they stood at 28% from that. So just to give you guys a general idea of uh, what the AEW looked like, uh, NXT did 824,000 viewers, which was a little bit lower than 853,000 with a point twenty-four to the 18 of 49. And if we have time, we'll go back to NXT. We may not do a lot of WWE today since we've been doing them. What have we done? Yeah. Like four shows in the past freaking week between the exactly. SummerSlam NXT takeover the payback pay-per-view and doing two Mondays you know and we got an AEW pay-per-view coming up which by the way we yeah. will be in the chat room for on Saturday probably followed by a post show so you know I want to focus a little bit on AEW and if there's time we squeeze the other stuff in yeah so uh with that being said we're gonna do the poll here I'm gonna give you guys a minute here to get onto that poll I'm gonna link it in all the chat rooms here you go blind there it is. We'll also drop it on social media. And also, if you go to the top of talkbrunch.com, it is already up there. There's no wait. It is already there. Uh, can I get this up on the screen for us? Also, so you guys can see me doing it with you. One sec, guys. That's what happens when we do it live. Y'all used to this. Well, it's just a lot of buttons, you know? Yeah. That's really all that it is. Okay, let's transition that over. That looks good. Okay, guys, here we are. Got it up on the screen for those of you. I, again, I have it on the screen for the visual effect, but I implore you all vote sometime. If there are more matches added, as always, 
they will be added to the poll and I will keep it time stamped to when I add it to the poll so that you will know when you come back here which ones to answer. You can skip the ones you've already done. Just come back as matches. I, had. I did my best to get the matches up to this point. Uh, okay. So the first match is the Casino Battle Royale. And honestly, there was no way to get all of the, uh, the people in this. Yeah. They've only, uh, only a handful of competitors that have even been, been, even been announced. Yeah, so well, it made known that they were coming in. So I would recommend skipping that one for now. We're coming back to it later on when we have more competitors there. Uh, Unless you have any guesses or anything, and I'll even leave a slot there for you guys to type in who you think. Yeah. Uh, Any guesses or anything? I just want to leave this. It it's hard to say because I mean the only people that I've heard say they're going to be in is of course the two you see there, Darby and uh and Lance, but also I believe. Eddie King, the Lucha Brothers, Butcher and the Blade, and Eddie King, so now they're going to be in it. And I think like Cage and Ricky Stark, so. Yeah, we'll come back. Kind of hard to pick on that group. Mimosa Mayhem match. Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho. <laughs> Ooh, this one's, uh, this one's interesting. I can see Jericho putting Cassidy over in this one. I'd like to think so, too. Yeah. Jericho's at a point in his career where, I mean, yeah. He's pretty much still competitive with everybody else, but this whole thing with like Orange Cassidy's been quite a development, so it's like it makes sense to give him the win in this. I agree with you there. I see that even though it's kind of a strange feud, like give him the win in the damn Mimosa match. Yeah. This does seem like more of a thing where it's like to more display Cassidy and kind of give him something on his own. Yeah. Dark Order versus the Natural Nightmares and Scorpio Sky along with Matt Cardona. Uh the one thing I'm thinking when it comes to this match. And I think for me, it's the difference maker is, is Brody Lee actively competing? For me, I, I mean, obviously he is. I see him that he's one of the four guys listed. But yeah. for me, I just kind of feel like the Dark Order just took out the head of the Nightmare family. You want to keep them strong. You can't have Scorpio Sky. Even though I know Scorpio Sky is getting a bit of a push and Matt Cardona just got there, you can't have them go over right now. This has to be a vengeance angle, and we need to see the Dark Order continue to uh, grow. Yeah, you got to draw it out for a little bit. So, yeah, definitely a Dark Order for this one. Okay. Next, we got uh, the AEW World Tag Team titles. You got FTR going up against the defending Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. This one's a little tough for two reasons. I mean, one, FTR hasn't been here very long, but Omega and Hangman have been champions for a while. And do the Bucks play some kind of a role in this? Because it's not like they're, even though they kicked them out of the elite, they're still over basically losing their tag team opportunity because of him. I think one way for or another, we're going to see Omega and Hangman lose that thanks to drama. Some sort of drama exactly. is going to break out here, whether it be Hangman's reluctance to fight his new buddies in the FTR or whether it be the Bucks coming out for revenge and causing the match, which now causes Omega to now hate them, too. Something, unfortunately, is going to go down here. So I have to give it to FTR. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I can see this. AEW Women's World Title, Hikaru Shida against Thunder Rosa. It's going to be great. It's going to be cool, but I mean, of course, she does take in this one. Right. This is just a, a special attraction, interpromotional match. This, yeah. Uh, the champion versus this, champion, the NWA women's champion, Thunder Rosa versus our champion, Carl She hasn't even performed in this company yet for us to do that. So, yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah. It's going to be cool to see the special attraction, definitely. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. Broken rules match. Hardy versus Guevara. I mean, it's broken rules. And, I mean, Matt kind of has to get his win back after that tables match uh, this one's tough because it also keys do they want to how long are they planning on keeping this feud going because if you want to keep it going i feel like you have matt even it up but then again for broken rules 
a match like that sounds like this is like that grand finale. I kind of think Guevara takes it here too. Think he could pull it out as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Guevara is crazy resilient, so I could. I almost, I honestly didn't expect him to win the tables match on Dynamite. So. I see Hardy taking that Mick Foley role in this, where he's the one who puts the stipulation together, and makes it a hardcore match, and everything. But then he winds up bumping yeah. off in his own shit that he made. Foley would always be guilty of that. So we'll see. Yeah. It could go either way, though. Lastly, AEW World Title Moxley defending against MJF. <sighs> the thing about it is. When I look at this, if I'm looking from a gimmicks aside, MJF's not in the ring enough to really be able to pull it where I feel like Moxley's been in the trenches all the time. So it's like it's a battle-hardened champion that MJF would have to try to walk through. Yeah. Uh, I feel like MJF, since they're showcasing him so much, this is his time to start showing that other side of himself. The best way would be through the deep end. He should win the title here. Moxley hasn't been doing much with him. It'll get him just the right amount of heat. Uh, and I'd like to see where it goes from there. Maybe Cody returns and they do something where Cody can now defend for the title again. They, they, they retcon that whole thing. It really all depends. Yeah. And I guess I'm also thinking with Moxley, like, do they run this one back? Because this is two personalities where you could get a couple of matches out of this one. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's, it should be a long That's, that's one thing I give that's one thing I give this credit this company credit for. All these matches, you can almost you can see a thousand different angles some of these things can go from. Yeah. So let's go with, I'm gonna go with MJF for this. You guys, you're welcome to vote. Again, you might have to come back for that battle royal thing when we know better yeah. who's doing what. Yeah, because I mean they they definitely should like they're pretty good at keeping when it's like um something when a new match comes out they usually pop it somewhere so yeah or if someone like a new entrance or something like that if we if we do if there is more that we're supposed to know we'll know it by this next dynamite yeah so don't forget guys Saturday in the chat room post show afterwards we're gonna talk about all of this uh we're almost gonna be wrapping up here but I wanted to share with you guys this interesting. Uh, Marty Janetti story. Marty, as you know, he has party with Marty now as a podcast. And he talked about Shawn Michaels and him. And essentially, Shawn Michaels screws him over. Take it with a grain of salt because it's Marty, but it sounds very HBKS to do at the time. Listen to this. I'll link you to the whole thing and tell me what you think. Yeah, and I'll go over to the pay phone and call the office. And uh, Pat Patterson, oh, I love to death. Pat Patterson um, answers. Yeah, I asked for Vince, but I get, you know, can we speak to Vince, the secretary? And Pat Patterson, Marty, what's going on? How are you doing? I said, hey, I need to speak to Vince. Uh, Vince is kind of busy right now, Marty. Can I help you? I said, yeah, me and Sean just want to know how to put in our notice. Can we do it in writing or do we verbally? He goes, oh, Jesus Christ, Marty, hold on. <laughs> and write to Vince. <laughs> went straight he was probably listening on speakerphone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Marty, what's going on? And I'm like, hey, Vince, how you doing? Uh, and I love Vince to death, too. He's always been... Good to me. You know, a couple of things that were weird, but not not sexual weird. None, none like that. Nope. All right. Uh, we'll clarify. Why do you feel the need to clarify I'm, that? No. Well, I'm, I can't look off into space. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm doing it. <laughs> but so, uh, yeah, Vince is like, what's going on? He, like you said, he probably was, because in his voice, he already had I knew concern. what was happening, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I said, man, I'm sorry about my hair, y'all. It looked like Captain Cave, man. Captain Cave Genetti. You got a hat? No, I don't. <laughs> Y'all just got to deal with it, man. I'm sorry. My haircut people went out of business. Pandemic. But uh, so so uh, Vince, uh, 
I said, Vince, we, we just want to do it properly. Cause back then you, you give a 90 day notice. And the purpose of that, so they, they beat you down for 90 Drive days. Yeah. yeah. So when you go somewhere else, well, damn, he was getting beat for the last, you know, it seems like longer. Yeah. Um, especially to the person <laughs> getting beat down. But so, uh, I said, Vince, we want to do this properly. Do we need to write? What, how do we give our notice? Well, what's the problem? I said, nah, there's no more talking. And Sean is standing right here. You know, I'm on the phone he's right listening, here. He's listening. Yeah. Sean's right there. So he's not hearing Vince's part because there was no speakerphone on the payphone. But he's hearing what I'm saying. So, uh, I said, nah, Vince, we already, we've already talked about this, the money situation. And, uh, there's no more talking. We just, we just got our, our saw our, our contract or our agreement for this commercial. And you kind of lied to us. And, and so we're just going to put our notice in. And he says something to the effect of, well, I, uh, you want to come in and talk at TV? I said, no, nah, there's no more talking. Now Sean's hearing this and he's just sitting there not saying a word, just listening. And, um, I said, uh, so how do we do this notice? He goes, well, let me look. And he goes, I really, <laughs> I really wish you wouldn't, you would reconsider. I said, nah, we've, we've done everything right. And he's looking at, you can hear him flipping pages. He goes, well, he goes, Survivor Series is in three weeks. I'll let y'all finish up there. Now, me, I got ecstatic about that. Like three weeks versus 90 days. Right. And if you lose a Survivor Series, nobody gives a shit about that. I mean, boy, you got 48 teams, tag teams. Yeah, the yeah. So you lost. Okay. Um, but they, uh, you know. And I said, oh, I got happy. I was thanking Vince. Oh, thank you so much, Vince. Thank you, thank you. Hung up. And Sean, because I was thanking him, he evidently he was thinking, what'd he say? What'd he say? He was like a little puppy. What'd he say? What'd he say? I said, you're not going to bleed this, bro. What, what, what? He's, he's going to let us finish up the Survivor Series, which was three weeks. I mean, there was no TV taping. That was it. So you get beat on TV one time at a pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. But and that's so, respectable enough yeah, on a pay-per-view, yeah. Yeah, and and so uh me being glad we're not getting beat for 90 days, I'm happy. And Sean's, when I said he's letting us finish up the Survivor Series, this was Sean's reaction. He's fucking going to let us quit? Soon as he said that, I'm like, what do you mean let us quit? Didn't you just tell me to come over here and tell him we quit? But he's going to fucking let us? Like, come on, Sean was doing us a favor. Did you not see that? He's fucking going to let us quit. He was, he, I think he walked off talking to himself, probably saying that. But so that's what happened. Now we get our flights home. I get in the plane, get back to Orlando. He goes to Tampa and uh, my voicemail back then, you're on the road, <laughs> voicemail. Must be loaded, yeah. Yeah, yeah, not only that, but when's the last time I answered machine? I mean, oh, <laughs> remember yeah. those yeah. things? Or happened. even a house phone. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I go home and there's all kinds of messages and very last one after about 20 minutes to listen marty it's fence call me at the office please as soon as you get home and it was like 5 20 so i'm thinking or 5 30 i'm thinking he you know he ain't gonna be at the office now but i went ahead and called and he was there and he uh he says marty he goes uh really don't know what to say about the decision you made he says but you're welcome to stay on and wrestle singles and i was like nah vince i mean thank you but Sean and I made this decision together. I'm not going to go behind his back. And he goes, well, that's kind of funny. I just talked to him and he said that was, he had nothing to do with that. That was all you're doing. So he's going to stay on. Uh-huh. I didn't even say bye. I don't think I hung up, called Sean. 
and said, Sean, tell me it ain't true. Tell me it ain't true. And he was quiet. He knew. Um, what? I said, you called Vince and said that was my idea. You had nothing to do with it, and you're going to stay on? And he says, Marty, on the flight home, I got to think about it. And, man, you're, you're single. I'm married. Your house is, I paid my house off in the first year. Um, you were well, smart well, about it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate paying interest. But so, uh, <laughs> you know, Sean, he said, you know, your house is paid off. I've still got to pay on mine. I just can't quit right now. I said, well, well, that's fine. Why didn't you tell me that rather than tell me to call Ben's and say I quit? So we quit. He, you know, he got real quiet and he just kept saying he was sorry. Whoops. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> Let him go. Put him straight through that barbershop glass, right? <laughs> Goodbye and good night. He betrayed him figuratively, literally, in every possible way. Fictitiously. That is the old HBK. What do you think of that? I mean, <laughs> damn. I kind you could tell from the second he was just like, he's going to let us. It's almost like Sean went with that plan, not expecting Vince to let him. He thought that Vince would just sweet talk him. And since Sean yeah. Michaels is a big Vince McMahon guy, you know, those two have always had a close relationship. That's no secret about that. He probably, Sean wasn't going to go nowhere. Sean's never left the WWE. Sean's never left the WWE. And he's going to go somewhere because Marty Jannetty's not happy with the, the money. So that's just an example of a tag team breaking up there. Yeah. So. In a bit of sad news, um, Bullet Bob Armstrong has passed away. It's the Armstrong family, obviously. That's Road Dog's pappy, is it not? Yeah, is Road Dog it? and Scarlett Armstrong. Yeah, that is, uh, that is definitely rough. Yeah, man, I remember Bully Bob. Mm-hmm. You know what's kind of funny? One of my, I wouldn't even, I don't know if I'd almost say fondest, but it was more of the more recent things I could pull out of my hat when I think of Bully Bob Armstrong. It was, um, God, I want to say it was lockdown 2006. It was in TNA. It was when, it was when on the, they were feuding with LAX. And I remember they did a little angle where at lockdown, it was Bullet Bob Armstrong versus Conan in an arm wrestling contest. And it was, and it made me laugh just because I was like, yo, Bob looked jacked. <laughs> he looked yeah. like, he looked like old man strong. Not like Vince old man strong was like for his age to see him in like pretty decent shape. It's like an old fond memory. It makes me laugh every time I see it. Cause he looked like he had a good time doing that. Yeah. He wrestled from 1960 to 2019. He wrestled almost his entire active life aside from this year. Uh, you know, so he was 80 years old, definitely one of the greats. So rest in peace. Legend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and praise out to the Armstrong family. Absolutely. Uh, so Samoa Joe, this came up recently. People were discussing the situation with Samoa Joe. Melser discussed that on Wrestling Observer. And he basically said that when Joe first started doing announcing, he was told that he was too valuable as talent to keep him as an announcer. But since then, minds have changed. And, uh, they decided to revamp it. So, uh, apparently they said that in theory he be, he was supposed to wrestle again. They could always bring him back. Um, but for now they're going to keep him on commentary. What do you think? It's not surprising, you know? I mean, he's good on commentary. I like hearing him talk. <laughs> but I mean, that's kind of the, it's kind of the gift and the curse. It's like, they're going to see you good on commentary and just be like, okay, why do we need you bring you, why do we need to just rush bringing you back? 
Oh yeah. man. Like uh, I, I tried to avoid a Stasis, but yeah, it has. Like Stasis like said. Now that being Dang. said, a good example. That being said, like Taz, at the time, maybe as a teenager, I didn't have the insight to see it as much as I do with Joe. I, I'm a big Samoa Joe fan. Samoa Joe versus CM Punk and Ring of Honor are some of the great matches. If you haven't seen them, go back and watch them. You know, watch Samoa some of Joe's. the stuff he did with Daniels and AJ and DNA. Like, yeah, Christopher Daniels. His matches with, his matches with Kurt Angle. Yeah, go back to that four minutes because Christopher Daniels, AJ Styles, and Samoa Joe are some of the best triple threats in TNA history. The, the high to impact, high flying, crazy moves that he had. You know, his, literally, like to this day, 15 years later, they still still talk about the unbreakable three-way yeah the feud he had like you mentioned with kurt angle that was another big powerful thing it's what sort of put tna and it elevated them bringing in a guy like kurt angle in the first feud being with a guy like samojo who was known for being someone from the indies these are all great and things. had been undefeated at that time yeah that being said going all the way back to 2012 2011 even 2013 that area the samoa joe i was watching on tna and on impact was never as good again in, since 2011 as the Samoa Joe that I'm thinking of from Ring of Honor. That doesn't mean he was bad. He had great angles and he has a great personality. But the ring performances that Samoa Joe was giving, you know, the ones that you would expect from like a Brian Danielson and a CM Punk and a Johnny Gargano and a Tommaso Ciampa, because that's the level that Joe was performing at. Joe's still a great wrestler. He's an older guy, though. And he wrestles more like the older wrestlers do now. He's no yeah. longer that guy who was in those X division matches when you really think about it against Christopher Daniels and AJ Styles, where these guys are diving and doing crazy spots and doing, the not doing some of the same and, stuff they were doing. You know what I mean? With CM Punk, when you think about the ring of honor background that he came from, to be honest with you, as much as I'm a Samoa Joe fan, I don't remember seeing that Samoa Joe in a really long time. And that doesn't mean he hasn't had good matches. What I'm saying is that the Samoa Joe that was doing those things hasn't been with us for a while. And, uh, that doesn't mean he doesn't still have something to give, but the longevity of him will probably do better as an announcer because he's a great talker. He's one of the better talkers. I've said on here before I knew they were going to give him that role, that he would be great in an announcer role. He's so, I, I've said he's the most well-spoken Samoan ever. I've always said that about him. Cause most of the time yeah, I hate yeah. to say, but the weakness of the, of Samoans is the mic. Aside from the rock. And he has that Rocky Johnson gene in him to thank the charisma of Rocky Johnson with the basic physiques of a Samoan made like a god. When you really look at it, but it was that, that Rocky Johnson, that soul brother shit that he had that really gave the rock his father's charisma. Chief Peter Maivia did not have the same charisma as a Rocky Johnson and the rock being sort of like half is what did it for him. Most Samoans, unfortunately, and it's just by my experience that don't, that are full blooded Samoans do not speak well on the mic at all. It's not even like just that it's underwhelming. It's that, oh, you know what I mean? If we go from Tamina to Rikishi. Even the Usos, which they managed to hide it a bit with their, uh, with their gimmick, with their whole, their whole yeah, act. The, the intensity kind of covers it a little bit. Right. But a lot of these Samoan people, I mean, Naya, I guess, unfortunately, is a good example of someone who knows how to speak. She just uses it for evil instead of good. But uh, Naya is someone who's comfortable speaking and uh, she has a personality, you know, but a lot of the time they don't. Samoa Joe to me is still the best out of everyone. And uh, he does a great job on this. So I could see why he's there. And it's like if he was wrestling right now, especially with the current landscape and how bad everything is, we wouldn't really get good matches out of him. There aren't good angles going on. He needs to stay put. And I think that's fine. Yeah. And it doesn't mean it's, we're calling a career. It just means for the time being, good spot. Wait till things are a little bit better, then bring him back in. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, like there's certain things and I've noticed it over the years. Like one of my favorite um, Samoa Joe spots, and we see it in the sequences, 
it was always what they believe it now you see it as like a big boot into the senton that used to be almost like a claymore s kick into that senton yeah i remember when it used to be that he was yeah. a lot more i remember um one of my favorite Samoa Joe spots. It's probably my favorite one in DNA. He only you only ever see like that suicide elbow dive anymore. This man legit used to t- used to roll over the top rope. Yep. Watch, watch the old DNA stuff. There was certain stuff that Joe only ever broke out when he was working with AJ and Daniels, and it was crazy. Like Samoa Joe yeah. back when he debuted in TNA, he was when they said there was no limits in the X division. He was the guy they were talking about. But that's the way it's supposed to be in wrestling. It's always supposed to be that the younger guys can go and they do all the crazy high spots and high flying stuff. And then as you get older, you learn more about psychology and what works for fans and the crowd and what's effective or what isn't for you. And you extend the longevity of your career as well as tell them, tell a more methodical story in the ring. So, I mean, that's essentially the art of wrestling. So I don't yeah. mind seeing that. And that's essentially what gave the mid card titles like the intercontinental title, the stigma of being the, uh, the workhorse title when you have people like Ricky Steamboat and Macho Man Randy Savage as those mid-carders that would go when they would do the arm drags and the crazy spots off the rope you know and then when you get older you become those those, those uh you know the the more mature wrestler it changes so for Samoa Joe like he he's definitely has another run in him for sure if they want they could even push him as a main event or with the way that they have main events laid out but I'm just saying for the time being I think that this works for the guy you know so yeah keeps him up there keeps him safe all right, a couple other things for a wrap up here, and just a couple other news stories. The retribution members that have come into play here, we're now hearing, and this can change, subject to change like anything in WWE, but we are hearing that they are Caden Carter, Dominic Dijokovic, Shane Thorne, Dio Madden, Mia Yim, and Chelsea Green. So I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah. Like that's, I'm assuming that's what the, that's what the final version of them is going to be. I've been hearing that was just the version that happened to show up one particular moment, but yeah, who knows? Let's yeah, go. Those point, things come knows? off. At this point, who knows? We're, we're, I'm getting tired of not knowing who the hell they are and wondering if we yeah. ever will. I hope this doesn't become like the spider in the cage, you know? <laughs> I don't know if anything could be spider in the cage bad. Right. Uh, I don't really understand too much of the story that's broke recently. This is going to be sort of like a cliffhanger until we get more information next week. But apparently, from what we are hearing, uh, apparently, uh, British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith is going to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. We have no idea where that's going to be. Uh, it might be the. I've been, I've been hearing they're going to use that for uh, next year's class. Right. According to Georgia Smith, which is his daughter, she said that uh, Bret Hart is not going to be part of the induction. She said that it was a family decision for him to not be involved in Bulldog's induction. And I wonder why. You know, the, part of the Hart sense. Foundation, they're essentially family. There must be something there. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. There's always some sort of drama when you think about the Hearts and what's happening there. But uh, I wonder yeah. if we're going to find out exactly what the family decision was, what that entailed, and why that was. Just something I thought I'd bring up until we uh, can get more information and talk about it in the upcoming weeks. So I could tell you guys, I remember that story we're talking about, well, this is what's going on. So I'm just planting right. the seeds for the time being. And yes, uh, Shane mentioned that Triple H sold millions of dollars worth of stock. I, I know it's like that. Those stories don't really lead anywhere. Stocks and stuff. There's so yeah. much complexity to it that it doesn't really mean anything. Uh, he's done that a lot lately. So. You know, he sold on August 26th, uh, 45,388 shares at $45.61 a share, which earned him about $2,070,000, $70,000, $70,146. Um, and then, uh, the following day, he sold off another 7,419 shares for $45 and, uh, 83 cents each. Wow. Had he waited another day, he would have actually come out better selling all those stocks to, at once. Got $340,000. I don't know why I'm analyzing it. Fuck it. But he had for $340,000. <laughs> um, so he made $2,410,000. 
and he still has 81,325 stocks left. For those of you interested, I normally don't bring up those stories because I don't think anyone that listens to this cares, but the fact that Shane brought it up, I mean, that means there is some interest in the stocks and I don't have a problem with it. So I'm like, let's just throw it out there. Uh, okay, let's talk about uh, the rest of the weeklies before we wrap up here. Um, so what's the most important thing? I guess um, it would be... Uh, I, I mean, there's really only three big things that came out of NXT this week. Yeah, so which, we have the Carrion Cross thing, which to me it's funny to have Carrion Cross out there <laughs> talking shit while being injured. And if you're going to do a relinquishing of the title like the relinquishing that they did, sell it better. What's her name? The Hoopla Hottie Scarlet? Yeah. She didn't know what kind of facial expression to make for him relinquishing the title. So she just made herself look like a doll in the store. Like she didn't know whether she should be sad or happy or so she had no idea. If you've ever seen someone when they don't have a, a, a pre-installed facial expression for a specific situation, that's how she looked here. Look at this. You, you can see for yourself. Watch her face. Like this. It's just so awkward. She made it more awkward than him having to relinquish the title. Just keep, just keep your eyes on her. The fucking strangest face a person can make for this. I know she's trying to stay mystical, but just in this particular thing, watch the shot. Watch it. Let this be a warning. This changes absolutely nothing. Doomsday is still coming. Because no matter where the time is told, in the end, everybody pays the toll. And God help the obstacles that will be in my path. TikTok. The promo, I don't like the promos. I mean, so, um, it, it's, it's a personal thing, but it might, it might just be stylistically, not that he's not doing what he's supposed to. I just, it's just not. This is a little too much he, for me, he, man. He, he, he's, not, he's not good enough for this role. <laughs> Look at, oh, hold on. Let me get the poll. You know, you know what? Look at you, you know, you know what that face tells me? That's somebody who doesn't understand why she got stuck in this shit. What does the future hold? She looks like me when I don't understand the raw booking. <laughs> is that the shot? Is that the shot for the episode? Yep, that, that's the one. So, um, <laughs> Carrion, you won the title and Doomsday still coming? Really? Nah, 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 pimpin'. Due to the Doomsday, I came and gone. <sighs> it, it, it's worse than those people who approach you on the street and be like, you know, the world's coming to an end, right? Like, nah, nah. There you go, guys. Cameron. So, I mean, hey, now, now, I believe it is Sami Zayn doesn't have the shortest title run in NXT history anymore. All There's right. something that good came out of it. All right, sure. <laughs> According to most of the, the, um, he had the MRI this past Monday, so it sounds like he's going to need surgery, and it's not like he's going to be out for a while. I um, mean, if it was something that didn't need surgery, they wouldn't have stripped him of the title because they love him as champion. He's their chosen one, and it was like two, if it was like two months, they could work around it, but they didn't provide a time frame, and it didn't sound good. And I have been hearing that Karrion Cross is beloved among the office because apparently he's a guy who comes off as enthusiastic. He's a go getter. He asks a lot of questions. You know, he comes off as a company guy. So they really dig this guy. Triple H has been vocal about it. They're all behind him. Like the only, he can, he's the only one who can fuck up his own push because this guy, they've already decided with him. He's one of those, you know, but as we've learned in the past, just because they decide on someone being a chosen one doesn't mean that, uh, it's going to work out that way. They should be more careful about that. Yeah, the fans are about it. He, he had to have the benefit of going to impact and becoming champion and then coming back. He could be good, but I'm just saying right now he's fucking green. He's visibly green. Yeah. Even though he was in TNA, that didn't help. He's green. They need to do shit with him before they decide he's chosen. Even McIntyre wasn't this green when he was the chosen one. Yeah. 
It's just it's messed up. And honestly, I I find him underwhelming. You know, I think that uh, if yeah. it wasn't for him having that whole intro, intros are very important. But if it wasn't for that, it would just be another dude that's not as big as Dominic Dijakovic. You know, <laughs> you're never gonna let that go. No, I'm not. Never put <laughs> nose to nose unless he has a fucking stool. Mm-hmm. Um, another cool thing that happened, something that made me happy, Rizango. Yeah. We got a new chance, baby. They won them titles. Yeah, Rosango went over Imperium and after what a 13-year journey being in NXT in the old days, Tyler Breeze got him some gold. Yes, he did. Nasty double that double leg drop. Don't do it too often. You're gonna fuck yourself up. As it is, the leg drops, leg drops from just the ground mess guys up over time. Let alone he has a flying leg drop, avalanche leg drop. Now he's doing double, where he's practically split legged in the air. Be careful, man. Chill. You know? Yeah, you'll pay for that later on down the road. But yeah, I was, I'm, I, I'm gonna say this, I'm so happy with those who they deserve that. Mm-hmm. They've worked so hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Champa basically kills Jake Atlas. Uh you call this a wellness policy violation? He beat his a ass. wellness ass. Whenever Champa shows back up, one of these young guys gets his ass kicked. Um, I wasn't sure what he was doing. I thought he was just stuffing his dead body underneath the ring, but he was really stuffing him down to hit him with a catapult spot where he re- he recalls him into the into the ring apron. Um, he DDT'd him off of his own stretcher. Um, and yeah, I that, that's what I said. I said it looks like one of those wellness policy ass weapons where it's like, what did this guy do? that they wrote him off of television, you know, which uh, it reminds me of Austin Theory. Remember Austin Theory? That one time he talked shit to Ciampa and Ciampa just kept whipping him into barricades until his body was just upside down permanently. And it was just like an upside down body. But then again, he hadn't even done anything. That's the bad part. Yeah, this was an ass whipping. This sounds like one of those, you pulled the shortest straw ass whippings. Yeah. I like the the new, I like the mask. I think he used to wear a mask way back in the day. In fact, there's a, a cool video I saw once was like people you wouldn't expect to show up in TNA. He was one of them. He had a mask on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. And speaking of a of a theory, he's back on NXT. They took him off of the main roster. He's, he's officially been moved back to NXT on the website. Uh, he shows up just to talk shit and get slapped by Bronson Reed, unfortunately. This definitely stems from whatever happened with the speaking out movement and the accusations because he was one of Rollins' followers and now he's literally been rebooted back down to NXT. The accusations involved a 13-year-old girl. WWE did an investigation there. They haven't really been public about what was found, but... Uh, either they just felt like now would be a good time not to have too many people since they knew they were going to be bringing Dream back and a few others that were accused. Uh, so they just wanted someone to fall on the sword or they found something and they're like, look, we're going to bring this down until this cools off or until we get some uh, confirmations on a few things. I don't know. But for now, he's definitely back on NXT and his only role was to get slapped. Yeah. Not a good sign for uh, Austin Theory. Uh, Shanti Blackheart went over me again with her top rope senton. Uh, Mia Yim also might be on the decline because um, they might be pushing Shanti Blackheart, which Mia Yim's elevation might have just been because Keith Lee was there, and now that's changed. Um, yeah, I mean, she might, if the whole thing with the retribution thing is true, she might just be coming up. Like, yeah. And, so, like, and like they use it as like a bitter thing to get her into that. Maybe. So Regal winds up announcing that this upcoming uh, NXT will be on Tuesday. The next couple of weeks will be on Tuesday because the same way TNT has to worry about AEW getting uh, moved around because of NBA, uh, NXT has to worry about being moved around for hockey, NHL, which there's two weeks of hockey. So they now have to be on Tuesday nights, which Regal announces. And then he says that in order to determine who the new world champion will be, 
In the absence of Karrion Cross, we will have a fatal four-way with former NXT champions uh, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Finn Balor, and Adam Cole in an Iron Man match. Yeah, a, a first time ever four-way 60-minute Iron Man match. A yeah. true one. Exactly. So that'll be interesting to see this upcoming Tuesday. I have no idea. I don't know who you think's going to win here or what they're going to do. Um, I don't... You know, if it was just a straight-up one-on-one it would have been easier to predict, but it's like, it's literally, it, it's the mountain. Like they've, they've been calling this the Mount Rushmore of NXT. Yeah. And they're going to go to war for an hour. Yeah. I'm not exactly <sighs> sure. Yeah. Blackheart joining the riot squad, which I believe they changed the name of the riot squad. Didn't they? No, they never changed it. I thought they were Still called the riot it, squad. as a tag team. I thought they called it something else. I could be wrong. I have to go look at that. Look that up. I felt like they called it something else, but yeah, maybe they could bring her and she's somebody that could work for that until we get back. The other girls, like we can't have four of them. And then we're probably not. Let's be real. We're not getting. We're not getting Logan back. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. We have Santos Escobar who goes over Swerve Scott uh, with a loaded mask. I've never seen that before. He goes under the ring. He puts on a mask, and the forehead of the mask is a loaded mask. So interesting way yeah. to have a callback to him being that was uh, different. Hijo de Fantasma for a moment just to headbutt you. So yeah, definitely different. Uh, Killian Dame shows up afterwards, right? Yeah. Uh, basically, um. Actually, it was because it was a match with a uh, we had uh, uh, Drake Maverick against Kyle O'Reilly, right? And where where, where Kyle uh, went over with a bit almost like a double leg lock, mm-hmm. and then they then the air the just comes out and basically decides to beat up Maverick. And Dane comes through Rex's house with everybody, but when uh, Maverick basically in a sense goes to thank him, Killian Dane drops him as well. Yeah, and the other side of the story here was that Kyle O'Reilly was not cool with what was going on which is interesting bobby fish and roderick went into business for themselves uh in regards to jumping drake maverick and you can see uh kyle o'reilly reluctant like he's not all right jumping him so they seem to be doing something here where o'reilly's not uh down with the undisputed errors ways currently we'll have to see where that leads yeah. uh the tag team uh main event that they had there that had an awesome finish that was really cool. Holy Jesus. Um, yeah, we had uh, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai versus Rhea Ripley and EO. Yeah. And you had uh essentially a Kai coming across with that Yakuza kick. What does she call it? I know it's a Yakuza kick. Uh, um but she I, think, comes, I can't remember if that was because the one has a name. Yeah. But she comes across with that Yakuza kick and then Rhea pushes Shirai out of the way, saving her and tagging herself in. Yeah, she's still I mean, fully, she, actually, she actually took a boot from Raquel. Yeah, but she's still one. not fully recovered from the previous stuff in the match. So she walks right into a nasty boot and the one-handed power bomb from Gonzalez. Uh, really good selling because she almost trips into the ring. I don't know if that was intentional or not, right into the big boot, into the power slam. Yep. But it was just funny seeing her take the smoking gun like that. Yo, Rhea's selling is fantastic in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Because she looked like she got her shit rocked yeah interesting nxt lots of development here it's weird how we're coming off of the heels of a takeover and they're they're here they're layering storylines as as much as they've been falling apart they're layering storylines as if there's a takeover this sunday because a lot of the stuff has a lot of layers and it's really cool so lots of time for development uh triple h talked about the lead writer leaving and he said they still have a good team there and uh you know, he, he basically said that they're going to give other people opportunities and the guy went to pursue other things, even though there's conflicting reports saying that he was released. So we'll have to uh, see how that plays out. Uh, quick notes on SmackDown. You had Sami Zayn who returned with his IC title, disputing the fact that, uh, what's his name? Has the other one? Who the hell has the other one yeah. again? Uh, J- yeah, Jeff's the current champion. Jeff. And here's the thing. 
Oh, the, when Sami Zayn left there with a different IC title, he comes back with the new one. So they both have the same one. It still should be the old one, which would make the story. Well, no, no, no. He, he, he had that particular one when he left. Did he? I don't that, remember him having yeah, that Yeah, yeah, because uh, Braun, I believe uh, Nakamura was the first one to get that one. Oh, okay. And then okay, Braun so beat Nakamura, and then Zayn beat Braun. Yeah. It wasn't that old. It, it was still yeah. relatively young yeah, when he I, got, when this version was still relatively young when Zayn got a hold of it. On the top of the ramp, he halluva kicks Jeff in the face, calls him a fraud. Um, backstage, poor Sammy reunites with Cesaro and Nakamura, but they aren't happy to see him because he hasn't so much as called since last time. So they kind of tell him, get the fuck out of here. We're having a conversation. Everyone's just like, hey, where'd you? Nakamura pretty much said, where'd you go after four months? No call, nothing. Like, yeah. Well, that was uh, part of the plan. Shorty G completely squashed by Matt Riddle. What else is new? <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately for him. Too many dick jokes with that sausage that Otis was holding. Like Biggie's like, get that thing away from me. And Sasha's saying that they're playing with their meat. You know, they're getting away with murder here. Um, uh, what else happened here? Cause not much of SmackDown is relevant due to the fact that payback has already happened. Um, but they did plant some of the seeds for the Bailey Sasha feud that's inevitable because she kind of shits all over Sasha and she talks about how she's never defended a title. It's funny you mentioned it and then they mentioned she's like, you never defended a title. We should have known. Um, and, and we have to talk about how we're going to move forward, making fun of the fact that Sasha's basically wearing, uh, freaking cow, cow, cow pants, cow pants, cow pattern pants. Uh, so yeah, Bailey's becoming a bitch on Sasha. Uh, once again, we have a conflict with the Lucha House Party with Metalik and Lindsay fighting outside with Nakamura, which causes Kalisto to get distracted and losing. And then they almost all fight again and they're all pushing each other and one of them trying to break it up and that whole thing. Um, they're building up some sort of Alexa Bliss fiend heel turn because she has like this, this, uh, weird scene where she's braiding one part of her hair and then Nikki thinks that it's, uh, it reminds her too much of Bray, which causes uh, her to take yeah. this mug, which was like the first gift she ever gave her, and break it on the floor. And that was further planted in Payback when they showed a glance at uh, Alexa Bliss, and this time she had two braids in her hair, indicating that she's crossing further over to whatever it is that they have yeah. planned for her. And it also kind of keeps the consistency with this theme of the, of the Fiend, where like you come, you have you um, cross paths with him, and you revert back to an older version of yourself. Because remember when Alexa Bliss first came up to the main roster from NXT, she rocked that Harley Quinn look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely interesting. And that's pretty much it as far as stuff that stood out from uh, from SmackDown. Everything else culminated into Payback, which we've already covered. You can see that post show. It's the previous episode. Um, and yeah, that was it. So SmackDown, they did uh, about 2.185 million viewers. Um, with it being, uh, 0.6 in the 18 to 49 demographic, they are up a bit from last week, probably thanks to the Thunderdome. Uh, same thing with Raw, the past Raw, cause this one just happened. We don't have that. The 2.28 million viewers, uh, with the first hour being 2.140, second being 2, 2.45, and then the third being 19, 1.900. Uh, so it, they're definitely doing better when you really look at it. They're at the twos when they were at point. 643 million last week so it jumped significantly um is there anything specific you want to talk about with raw aside from the fact that they can't even mic up oscar properly (laughs) well um the one thing that i know you um because you were dealing with the poll you missed uh, some of the stuff from raw underground the only thing that was really significant at least for me was um jessamine duke uh actually competed on this one I like that she kept her like legit fighting form. Like she yeah. went at this like she was like she was 
back on um the first season on their first co-ed season of the ultimate fighter yeah. that was cool yeah. but i mean they also had uh kevin owens who uh, gets jumped again by alistair black causing him to lose to orton and almost a squash match they're still pushing this yeah alistair because of the um, thing mm-hmm. i think they were gonna they were gonna interview black before his match because they basically did three matches that culminated in a three-way to decide who drew's next challenge is going to be if he's ready for payback um before they were going to interview him they were outside of a uh, black's locker room and orton comes out so they basically playing it as if orton maybe put up maybe worked black into attack into attacking owens before the match right so that he could basically just crack off rko and what wound up basically paying paying off for him in the long run Myers spoiler uh he went into that three-way with the least amount of damage right so uh, murphy gets shitted all over by rollins because he uh talks about how he fucked up in the pay-per-view and he kicked him and told him to get out of sight and to add insult to injury on the way up the ramp he hits the top of the ramp and then dominic wallops him from behind going straight into his match with Rollins, which Dom loses his first match and takes multiple stomps. Angie is not happy. That's the most important thing about this angle. The sister's not happy either. Any, anyone else that gets more screen time than Murphy is also very unhappy. Uh, then we're all really unhappy here. All I'm saying is, like I said in the chat room, I just hope Murphy didn't sign a prenup. <laughs> because that was the nastiest divorce I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. The only other shit that happened was the fucking Dark Order attacking uh, Andrade and Zelina. Retribution or whatever. <laughs> Dark you know, ordered them shit. Against Andrade and Selena and uh what's his name? Garza ran off, right? He peaced out. <laughs> Yo, this was the this was the highlight for me. So Garza runs off to the back with the Bachelorette girl. No, the uh, the Bachelor girl. <laughs> As they're walking in the back, she's just like, You abandoned their friends. It was just like, they'll be fine. They don't need me. I'm just worried about you. And then, and then retribution they show up there. comes from the door, and he's and out. that motherfucker said, "Pussy ain't worth this ass whooping." I love his character, though. I like that character. Oh, I love when the street prophet talks about how he looks like he smells something bad. But uh, no, I really dig the character. And uh, for some reason, we had uh, just for the hell of it, they decided to do a. Uh, we have to talk about this too. Loser breaks up match between the Iconics and the uh, the Riot Squad. You know Obviously, the only thing I don't like about this. What's that? When it comes to a match like this. You can't just poof, like pop that on me right on right of the show. No build up, no that, nothing. Just yeah, just that's one of the, like at least give it like a week. At and least we tell already, me, hey, next week. And, and we already puts up. We already had been talking on here for a while about the fact that they are only interested in Peyton Royce. So if we knew that, which means that they knew that, why didn't they at least plant the seeds slowly for something to happen so that it would be believable? They had enough time because we had enough time to know what was going to happen. Which means that once yeah, they realize they do something where it's like Royce, they lose again, whatever. Yeah. Whether we agree with them pushing one girl or not, once they realized they were going to push one, they should have done it. And to be honest, I do agree. I've always felt Peyton Royce was better than Billy Kay. I like them both as the gimmick yeah. together, but if we're talking about, you know, Peyton Royce is just better than Billy Kay, in my opinion. So yeah, and I mean, I can see that. And they you, don't like pushing You could literally teams. do this to where, like, they lose the match tonight, and then it's like, okay, we're sick of this. Next week, losing team breaks up. And you know what? There was a lot of there. There wasn't as as much expected emotion in this breakup as you would expect from something like this. Like they, it was done very dry. 
they threw more of a temper tantrum in the ring and acted goofy and shit. And even though they hugged and embraced a little bit, it didn't have like the impact that it would normally have when you have a team split up that's been together for as long as they are, even shorter than they are. It just felt Especially really when they dry. Did what they did later. And it didn't help the fact that they have that Thunderdome with the generic piped in sound when normally the sound of the crowd during something like that is going to be a bit different from the generic sound that you hear when a team's going through something like that. The sound has its own mood to it. You know what I mean? The, the audience would have simmered down a little bit. There'd be like a bit of melancholy in the air. And, uh, you know, you've seen it before when someone retires, gets retired or when someone loses their career. There's this moment that you need. And that's what the problem with the fucking Thunderdome is. It doesn't change. And I think it was just partially that because they didn't help either. But I just feel like the selling of them splitting up was dry and shitty. Like for a team that's been together since NXT and everything, they literally split them up as like a side footnote. And it's just another testament to just this company and the fact that they don't really care enough about building and uh, making you invested in storylines. Yeah, I mean, it didn't help that the fact that later on they went back to Raw Underground again, they were both there, and I guess there was going to be a thing where like they were going to fight uh, Maria Shafir and Jessamyn Duke, and then freaking Peyton just pushed Billy to the Lions, and it was like, that kind of would have made sense to do that before the split-up match. Yeah, so so basically Peyton turned heel on Billy Kay, right? And of Pretty course, that's going to be the girl who gets jobbed like. out because it further proves what we've been saying, that the fact that the one that they're interested in is not the one who had to take the bump there. You know what I mean? So it's unfortunate. Maybe that'll be the graphic. Now we have two toss-ups. We have Crazy, Scarlet, and we have the bump. We have the the the, the freaking Billy Billy bump. Yeah. <laughs> you know, who knows? I mean, and then of course, the thing that wound up getting kind of thrown to the wayside and all this was that now uh, Liv and Ruby have a title star coming. Yeah, which I could care less about. I think the new Riot Squad, mm. they're missing a member, and that's not even the only thing that hurts. It. Them as baby faces is really shitty. Like, they're, they're such corny baby faces. They lost all of their, their, uh, steam with that baby face and the way that they talk and they act like best buddies after all of them being heels. It's just, they've tried, changed it too many times for me to really be invested. And then the team that was consistent, that didn't get TV time, got broken up. One of them's gonna be falling into obscurity, and now the other one, you know, God help her, she's gonna be swimming with the sharks in a women's division that, uh, you know, what are they really going to do there? What is she going to do there? Mm. We'll see. Anything else relevant to you about this before we get the hell out of here? <sighs> Not really. Yet. We pretty much hit the big stuff. I mean, Randy Orton gets his title shot. No surprise there. Yeah, no, no surprise whatsoever. But uh, yeah, it's been there's been a there's been a lot of WWE to talk about. So I'm glad that we got to switch it up. And uh, this Saturday, I'm glad that we're going to be in here for something different. You know? Because, yeah, it's, it's going to be a little bit change of pace, but. Yeah, quite a quite a bit of a change of play, pace. Yeah. You know? So, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Um, I mean, I know you mentioned the fact that all out is going to be Saturday. A little bit. I I told you pretty much off the air, but I actually won't be here for that. Unfortunately, I will still try to check out the event. But um, basically, to make a long story short, literally my best friend of like damn near twenty years is getting married. I'm going to be one of his groomsmen, so I'll be there for that. But don't worry. I'm not missing Monday. I'll be back next week, so don't even worry about it. But just for for the weekend stuff, I probably won't be around for that. But yeah, I'll always be here in spirit. So yeah, I, I may still pop on and give you guys after we we're in the chat room. I'm going to be in the chat room anyway for Saturday, but I may just give you guys like a solo uh, show just to quickly briefly summarize things. If not, we'll recap on uh, Monday. Otherwise, I'll see if there's someone we can have on as a guest call. I haven't had time to really sit at my desk and see who'll be around or see what's going on. 
but we'll, we'll see exactly what happens. You know, we plan a lot of stuff by ear. But that being said, don't forget there's a lot of other content that's going to be coming to you from this channel throughout the week. Not necessarily wrestling related, but, uh, you know, if you're interested in gaming or just conversations, a lot of them, I get it. They're just game streams. You're just watching a gameplay. But a lot of that gameplay is also an opportunity for you guys to come into the channel and talk to us about anything pop culture related. TV shows, series, or just we sometimes have banter on the air. You'd be surprised what you miss. So if you're getting yeah. uh, burnt out on the wrestling, always just tune in. Uh, you can even go to a twitch.tv slash talk brunch, scroll down to the video section, look through our archives. You find a lot of other content that we released there. If you didn't already know, uh, and also facebook.com slash talk brunch. Also this video section there, facebook.com slash gaming slash talk brunch where all the game stuff will come up. There's just several ways to get video. If you're watching the audio, if you're listening to the audio of this, rather, don't forget you can also, uh, just go to one of those platforms and you can see some of the videos or images we put on the screen when we go through everything in the news. So all of that, all that fun stuff. Got a lot of stuff planned. I don't want to spoil anything for you, but uh just want to say thank you to everyone, including our longtime supporters and listeners and viewers. It's all going to pay off over time. That I promise you. Lots of cool stuff coming up. Thank you to everyone who's hung out with us these past couple of weeks of a long wrestling sprint that we have done here. All of you have been there tonight, including Willie V2 and Kula Ice. Six Slayer, aka AC, Jig Jock, uh, Stasis Dreams, EB Gamer, uh, Saiyan Man Senpai, also thank you for the host, Bloodluster, George with a Z, King Quest 770, Sweet Haley, Sugar Shane, Naughty Girl, uh, Tice Chente, Fields Duckman, Dino, Feet, Uncle Louie, and of course, all of you listening across all platforms, including iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, Twitch.tv, TalkBrunch.com, as well as Facebook.com, and everywhere else. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening once again to Talk Brunch Live, episode 405, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dyre, aka Captain Brunch. For myself and Destin, we're out of here. And one last time. Wakanda forever. Shut it down.